The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio Digital Media. Brought to you by Brown and Wood, Buick GMC, Cadillac and Mazda. Hey Pirate Nation, this is Tom Brown from Brown and Wood Buick GMC Truck. We've been serving the Pirate Nation in Eastern North Carolina for 83 years. We have four brands, three generations, two showrooms, and one goal to make sure you leave a happy customer. We're located on Greenville Boulevard next to the Convention Center or shop us online at brownandwoodauto.com. The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. You can paint this with purple. Now live from the Pirate Radio studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. All right, welcome in to a football Friday and a free beer Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here with you inside the Pirate Radio studios coming to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7. FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. We're on 1250, 930. And you can find us online, PR927FM.com. If you'd like to watch the show and chime in, you can do so, do so on Facebook Live and on YouTube. We are there for you. If you have any questions, comments, want to talk some pirate football, we'll talk NFL in hour two and a lot of other topics on today's show. Coming up later on this hour, we'll hear from East Carolina defensive coordinator, Blake Harrell, it's Pirates and Tigers of Memphis going at it Saturday at noon. We're with you 8 a.m. Saturday morning on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. We'll hear from Blake Harrell later this hour coming up at 4 o'clock. Our weekly NFL chat with Tony Dunn, CarolinaCatChronicles.com, the Cam Newton superfan. And Cam Newton is back with the Carolina Panthers. We'll talk about that make our Week 10 picks coming up at 4 o'clock. In the 5 o'clock hour, the voice of Dottie Ficklin Stadium and... Menji's Coliseum. Morgan Aylers joins us. We'll talk Pirate football and Pirate hoops. And Brian North will get you ready for the Euro football weekend coming up in hour three as well. We will make you a winner. We've got a free beer Friday giveaway today. Bush Light Apple is on the line. We'll uh, have you call in in our hour number three and you can be a big winner. So a lot going on. It is uh, Ladies Day in Studio B. We've got Shirley Rhodes and Jenny Sheldon today. In the producer's chair. What's up, ladies? How we doing? What's up? What's up, Flipper? Good to see you. Good to see you. Hey, Coach Smith. Hey. Let me introduce the guest, Jenny. <laughs> I just got here. Joining us today is Coach Rick Smith. Coach, good to see you, man. Good to be back. Uh, last week, you were not with us, but you were uh, watching some football. Yeah, my... Uh... You know, I spent nine years at the University of Kentucky, and we've got a lot of friends up there. And uh, my son, who played football here at uh, South Central, South right? Central, yeah. he's up there as a football manager. And so we went up to see him and, uh, you know, went to the ball game with friends, stayed with uh, friends. And, uh, you know, it's just a great place. Uh, we loved it there. And, uh, Dylan's all excited. You know, he gets to run out on the field with them. And, of course, the equipment manager, Tom Kalinowski, has been there for 100 years. Tom was there when I was there. And uh, he works those managers to death. <laughs> but uh, Dylan's having a great time. That's awesome. And uh, for me growing up in the 90s, 
uh kentucky had some good years with tim couch and and those were yeah, your years yeah, right yeah and you know you, you still had to compete and you know this more than me uh but with all the big boys in the sec yeah but i mean they are very relevant right now in the sec and i was pulling for them to get that win over tennessee it was a good back and forth game but they are they've developed a really good football program with coach stoops and you said they've put some money into it right Whew, they have i didn't even it's hard to even recognize the football area campus uh you know the roads are different of course there's three or four brand new dorms that are just state of the art and uh the football facilities nothing like it was when i was there i mean it's uh, of course it's been 20 years 21 years something like that i left there in 96 so you know 24 25 years ago but uh you know it's just a beautiful place this time of year all the leaves are changing you know and it's cool and uh um and they've got I can't remember where I heard it, but somebody told me that their facilities were as good as anybody's in the SEC. Now, when I was there, that wasn't the case. Right. Uh, but they have put a lot of money into it, and you know that's that's how you recruit. Uh, you know, it's facilities. When and you were there, Toby yeah. Smith and uh, Rick Patino and them were getting yeah. all the money. I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I loved watching basketball when Rick Patino was there. Uh, you know of course we got free tickets to the coliseum and uh they were pressing and playing oh, yeah. full court and yeah. up and down and yeah and it was a very exciting time to be there during for basketball well you uh you saw a football game you didn't see a lot of defense if you wanted to see defense you should have stuck around here coach. yeah because east carolina gave up just three points last week to the temple owls uh, another great performance by this defense nearly had a shutout coach yeah. and uh, lost it in the fourth quarter, but great performance by that side of the ball, and and the offense played well enough to have our first blowout victory of 2021. Well, I've just noticed, you know, as the year, just like you have, as the years progressed, how the defense has gotten better and better and better, and you know, we're getting turnovers, yeah, uh, and we're getting turnovers and scoring. Uh, no, and, and I've always, you know, because I was a defensive coach, I've always felt like you win championships on defense and. You go back and look at the great teams. Uh, it's always been, uh, always had a great defense. I could be wrong, but I can't think of anybody that didn't play good defense that won a national championship. Well, look at the number one team in the country this year, Georgia. They they don't have super offensive numbers, but they just smother you defensively. Yeah. I was talking to Tony Collins, uh, you know, Pro Bowl running back, ECU Hall of Famer, and and I brought you up, Coach, because we were talking about East Carolina. They've had back-to-back 100-yard rushers. It was Rajay Harris two games ago, Keaton Mitchell last week. And I said, Tony Coach Smith says it, and, and it's the same when you played back in the 70s, 80s. You run the ball, and you, you stop the run, play good defense, you win games. It don't matter how many changes there are in football, Coach. That's always going to be the case. That's the case. If you can run the football and you can stop the run, I promise you, you're going to win a season every year. And the Pirates have been able to do those things yeah. uh, right now. Now the challenge coming up in memphis but uh before we get there coach i know you like numbers how about this one east carolina is sixth in the country so uh out of all the fbs teams only five teams are better than ecu on third down defense the pirates right now 
uh, are holding teams to 29% on third down. Now, I'm not going to look at what we are offensively on third down because yeah. it might be some, <laughs> it might be worse. But defensively, to be sixth in the nation on third downs, man, that's uh, that's a fantastic stat. That is a great stat. That was one of my goals every week and at the end of the year on third down to be 70 percent successful on third down and i had it broken down you know third and third and one to two fifty uh, percent was our goal third and medium you know four five and six was sixty percent and then anything over nine yards was seventy percent we should win and uh you know we stressed that with our kids you know and uh you know the most important play or down to me was always first down mm-hmm. because first down dictates second down and third down but when it came to third down, uh, my players always knew what to expect. And uh, they were going, well, they had to do it or they'd get ripped. <laughs> As you watch football now, Coach, you'll see teams go for it more on fourth down. And, Shirley, do we have Mike Houston uh, from the press conference this week? He was actually asked about that because Memphis went for it eight times on fourth down last week against SMU. And uh, Mike Houston talked about that. East Carolina's so good defensively on third down, but they might have to stop them uh, on four downs this week. Uh, this is cut eight, Shirley. You talked about uh, Memphis and SMU last week. Memphis went for it eight times. Well, I mean, I think that uh, especially playing a team like SMU because Coach Dykes, you know, he's a big analytics guy. And, you know, the analytics stuff sometimes <laughs> – some of those guys that put that stuff together, <clears throat> it's easy to sit in an office and say – we should go for it on fourth down right here. Well, you know, that guy's job's not on the line. Uh, I think there's a lot of variables that go into, you know, when's a good time to take a risk and when's not. You know, we've been very aggressive on fourth down this year. Uh, but there are times that I, I, I choose to not, you know, go for it on fourth down. There's so many variables. Um, I think that Memphis went into that game last week, deciding they were going to be extremely aggressive. They were very aggressive. Um, it worked out for them a lot uh, now. You know, the one that they went for it with about a minute and a half to go and didn't get it and gave SMU the ball at midfield. I mean, that was a dicey call right there that could have bit them in the rear end. It didn't. Their defense came through and got the stop. But uh, I think it's something each coach has got to evaluate, and it's it's a thing where, you know, Donnie and I are on the same page each week when we go into the ball game. And, you know, we talk – usually we talk on second down. You know, after he sends in the second down play call – I tell him kind of what I'm thinking right there. That way, you know, he knows before the third down call whether, you know, he's got a fourth down or not, you know, because those variables are important. Um, I just think it's something that you got you to kind of have a feel for and you got to kind of know your team. But the situation is different every single week and it's different every single game. Um, you know, certainly, you know, I think that was a, a big factor in that game last week for Memphis because they converted some – uh, some big fourth downs, uh, and their receivers really, you know, was, a lot of them were, you know, kind of jump balls down the sideline where their receivers made great plays over the SMU DBs. And uh, I think that's, you know, that you have players like that that you know are going to make those plays, that gives you a lot of confidence. All right, there is Mike Houston talking about Memphis going forward eight times on fourth down. ECU has been really good on offense on fourth downs this year. But, Coach, you see third down plays and you get a stop and the players kind of celebrate, hold up the fists, signifying fourth down and starting to jog off the field. Well, now you you really can't do that. You might have to stick around for one more play because more teams are are going for it these days. But, you know, I mean, the year – of course, I haven't coached in four years, but – 
most of the offensive coordinators that I worked with, like if it's we're in the game, they would say, Rick, what about going for it on fourth down? Because it puts the defense. I was going to ask you, yeah. is there a conversation yeah. between the usually, coaches? Yeah. Usually they would, hey, Rick, can, what do you think about us going for, for it on fourth down? If they don't get it, it puts you in yeah. a tougher spot. They, they would usually ask. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. And uh, I would say usually yes or no. And I said yes more than I ever said no. Uh, now, if the head coach, you know, he's involved too. But he uh, overrules everybody. He overrules everybody. But I always assumed that if the offensive coordinator's asking me, he's already asked the head coach. Right. So you're inclined <laughs> to kind of say, yeah. Well, so what would make you say no in that situation? Like, well, if they were, you know, say on the, I don't know, 35, on 35 your... going in or something like that. Uh, yeah. Or if we, if, if they had, a long way to go to score you know hell let them go for it yeah you know get after them but if it's fourth down and you know two or three yards and you're you can if you don't get it or you just you just lost three points because you didn't kick a field goal uh but you know it all depends on the kind of the feeling you have for the game you know right. how's the defense playing how's the offense playing and you know if we were we're playing really good i'd say go for it mm -hmm. rick smith joining us inside the pirate radio studios coach east carolina one win away from going back to a bowl game for the first time since 2014 uh which is uh, a long time ago um surely let's hear the the troy question to mike houston again um because i do have something i, I meant to have this yesterday forgot about it thanks for reminding me Redbeard on twitter uh, I've got Troy D arguing with Troy D. Uh, we'll get to that after this. But first, here is Troy's question to Mike Houston about getting to win number six. Coach, you guys said the team goals uh, before the season. You're on the verge of accomplishing one of those with one more win. How much do you guys talk about that this week as far as motivating the team to try and get to that accomplishment to be able to extend the season for post game? How, you know, a lot of people are talking about that as fans in the media what about with you and the team how much is that being addressed right now zero none we're playing memphis that's it coach we're going to talk about it for three straight hours but as a head coach uh i, I get it right you don't want to put any added pressure and things like that you just focus on the opponent i'm sure you know exactly what he's saying there right? well what happens is you know you start talking about it or you mention it then the kids are looking at the schedule well, who we got next week what if we don't next get it week, this week yeah. next week you All know right. they start looking ahead uh and right. you know the old saying is one game at a time one play at a time uh you know and i've been in those situations you know where you know if well if we went out we're going to a bowl game you know and you you talk about it as a staff a little bit. You know, what do we got to do? But as coaches, you're pretty much the same way. You're so focused on winning the next game and preparing for that game. You don't have time to think about, you know, where you're going. Uh, and you know the players are talking about yeah, it amongst themselves yeah. anyway. So, yeah. I mean, no need for the coach to add it to the pregame right. speech or anything. Amen. Right? Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's, 
it's kind of funny to be retired now and hear you know these these coaches saying you know we ain't talking about a bowl game well i promise you the players are yeah <laughs> well coach if i asked you this after practice one day while you were coaching you just said oh we ain't talking about that yeah you used to lie to me all the time <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a unspoken agreement we have that you're not gonna give me the whole truth right. out there right about that all right so uh let's hit this shirley do you got the, the troy did so monday troy d was in here and uh he wants everybody to relax calm down just uh don't why are we worried about a bowl one one win at a time and then two days later on wednesday he seemed to change his tune a little bit so should we talk about the bowl should we not let's hear uh troy d argue with troy d about this but i'll say this man uh kind of like I, I said i've said this earlier in the year you know, I, I, Sunday I had friends calling me and contacting me. You know, which bowl do you think we're going to? Which uh, you know, let's make our plans now. This I'm like, first of all, here's my thing: calm down, everybody. Take a deep breath. Jeez, after a seven year drought, that's something to be proud of around here. It is. I would think you'd want to embrace it and talk about it, right? There's a lot of football yet to be played. Let's let's take it one game at a time and evaluate it at the end of the season. It is a big deal because it hasn't happened in so long here. That it would be, and we're on the verge of it happening. It wasn't like this is the first press conference of the year. We're now, we're at the week where this could happen this mm-hmm. week. It could happen Saturday. Now, I was, look, I, I want us to be at a bowl, but I think, we, you know, let's just slow down, calm down, and let's just get one more win, first of all. Everybody within this fan base and everybody that's a Pirate supporter want so hungry for success. And that, wanting to at least get bowl eligible this year, I want to be even keel. Yes. I don't think you'd want to embrace it and talk about it, right? Calm down. This could happen this mm-hmm. week. But I got to tap the brakes a little bit. Come and you know me, usually I'm the one that's going nuts. Take a deep breath. I feel I've been consistent this year. <laughs> All right. There's Troy D this week. Not no, it, Look, it's making people crazy. We don't know how to act now that we're one win away from a bowl game. Calm down, but at the same time, talk about it and embrace it all the time. I'm confused now at how we're supposed to act. But, Coach, all I know is one win away. And, look, we, we know we know the schedule. If you don't get it this week, you got to face the triple option in Annapolis. If you don't get it that week, you got to face uh, a team that might be in the playoff this year. Well, so. it could happen, but it may not happen. I mean, we could lose three in a row, too. Nobody's talking about that. Yeah, we don't want to think about that. I mean, you stop and think about it now. You got to go to Memphis. You're an underdog in that game. Memphis has won four at home and lost one. Yeah. So they know how to win at home. 30 and three in their last 33 yeah. home games. So, I mean, Navy's always tough. I mean, of course, I think, what did you tell me they were now? They've won uh, two and seven. So they've won two. And, uh, but. You know, Annapolis isn't a real tough trip. I mean, it's a good place to play. It's not hostile. I mean, uh, you know, we could go up there and win that one, but we could go up there and lose that one because you never know what you're going to get from Navy. And if you lose those two, then you got to play Cincinnati. That's going to be a tough win. Of course, now last year I thought they were going to blow us out, and we played them great the first half and then, you know, didn't play them quite as well the second half. But, you know, we could lose the next three. We could win the next three. We could win one, two. You know, hell, you don't know. You got a lot of options. That's why they keep score. Yes, sir. That's why we're going to kick it off on Saturday at noon at the Liberty Bowl. Let's take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll have more with Coach Rick Smith here on a Friday. And uh, still to come on today's show, a lot of guests. And Bush Light Apple, a 12-pack on the line. 
limited edition. It can be yours in hour number three of Pirate Radio Live. We got a lot more to go. We're back with you after this. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Tommy's Express Car Wash. Come experience the difference in Tommy's. Now open at the corner of Greenville Boulevard and Red Banks Road. Doesn't your car deserve it? Visit Tommy's Express Car Wash today. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Vacation sponsor right here in our very own backyard. Take a trip to a state park and enjoy traditional camping, RV space, and also air-conditioned cabins. They can be rented with Wi-Fi. If you're by a lake, be sure to check out opportunities to rent a canoe or kayak and get on the water. Your next adventure is right around the corner. For more information, please visit ncstateparks.gov. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip Brock. Alrighty, back with you here on Pirate Radio Live. The East Carolina Memphis series dates back to 1990. They have played 23 times, and the Pirates have the advantage. 15 wins to eight wins memphis has won two in a row uh coach rick smith here and coach i've been i think about this series kind of going back to the 2000s and it's just crazy to me how it's just tough for these teams particularly to to win and win consistently because memphis at a time was good i remember they had d'angelo williams in the early 2000s beat the pirates three times in a row i remember a game where y'all went to the liberty bowl and ECU scored 56 points, and Chris Johnson had over 300 yards, and uh, y'all uh, beat him that day. So it's been kind of an up-and-down series. Memphis has been the better program of late, but East Carolina uh, catching up back with them. It's been kind of a up-and-down for both of these football programs over the years. Yeah, you know, in Memphis, uh, I, I remember, you know, my first trip to Memphis was 1977. And I was at Georgia Tech. Was that the Liberty Bowl? Was the same stadium? Same then? one. It yeah. was uh, fairly new at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, how many years was that? Seventy-seven. Golly, twenty-three. That was a long time ago. That was a long time ago. About fifty years ago. <laughs> Forty and some change. Something. Oh, yeah. It, it, it was. Uh, you know, then the way the stadium. You know, the stadium's a little bit different uh, than your standard stadium you know and I, th- I thought it was really a pretty stadium uh not so great memories playing in the liberty bowl uh postseason against your kentucky wildcats and arkansas those yeah. back-to-back years man t- two great defensive performances but just didn't get those wins you want to rehash uh, those memories at all <laughs> some cold uh days there the coldest i've ever been i've heard everybody that went to that game say that was the Arkansas game? Yeah, um, I, I had everything on they could issue, <laughs> and uh, God, it was cold. Of course, you know Memphis. There's usually a breeze. I mean, and it was it was <coughs> the wind was blowing really good, and uh, God, it was cold. <laughs> East Carolina heading back to Memphis, Coach. Uh, I don't know how much you, you you like numbers. I don't know how much you get into point spreads, but East Carolina only a five and a half point underdog in this game. I think shows a. Little, a lot of respect to the pirates as to how well they have played of late and and even the games they've lost in conference play 
the the narrow defeat to uscf the narrow defeat at houston even though they lost those games they've been in these road conference games this year well i think we've you know i i've always felt like that uh just i watch you know we've had a good offense last year we just weren't very good on defense and we had a pretty good offense two years ago but you got to have a great defense, and I think Blake Carroll's done a great job here. I mean, I've seen them improve this year each game, you know, and they are playing with so much more confidence. You can see the confidence in the way those kids play when they run off the field, you know, after stopping somebody. 2017, Memphis scored 70 on East Carolina. Yeah. 2018, 59. Yeah. How shocked would you be if you see anything close to those scores this week? I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked. <laughs> so uh, I think it'll be a tough game. Uh, we're going to have to play great on defense, and the offense cannot turn the ball over. Yeah. Got to keep those possessions. Uh, Memphis plays really good at home. We've talked about that. Uh, cut nine, Shirley. Mike Houston talked about how well the Tigers play uh, there at the Liberty Bowl. Well, it's it's tough to win on the road in this league. I mean, we all know that. Uh, you know, especially you know Memphis has a great home environment there at the Liberty Bowl. Uh, and it's it's going to be a tough a tough venue for us to go and uh, and try to get a win there. But uh, you know, we just got to prepare to to play the best that we can. Uh, we've got to have great energy on the sidelines from, uh, you know, from our players that are traveling with us. Uh, got to have great focus. Um, I'm sure that we'll have uh, a, a good contingency of fans that will make the trip also. Uh, and so it's just it's no different than when we went, on, you know, went to Marshall or, or any other road game this year. You know, we've just got to, you know, got to have that mentality of uh, you know, what we're going into. Coach, some of these uh, coaches we face, you know, from your days coaching, a younger head coach in Ryan Silverfield. He has been with UCF and Memphis dating back to 2006. Uh, do you know that name at I, all? Yeah. I know the name, but I don't know him personally. Yeah, younger uh, guy. But uh, he leads the Tigers. Now, of course, Justin Fuente, who was the coach, now at uh, Virginia Tech, right. head coach of the Hokies. Uh, one more thing. We are talking about the growth of the defense, and, and Mike Houston addressed that this week. Cut seven, Shirley. Here's what he had to say about this defense and the improvements they've made. Well, I think it's a culmination thing. Uh, you know, these guys, we, we said at the beginning of the year, every week they're going to play better uh, because they're going to get that much more experience. Uh, and when you're front – uh, you know, there are a bunch of guys that are, for the most part, second-year players. Um, you know, they're still improving week to week. Uh, I think that's part of it. I think that uh, – I think just the, the comfort, familiarity, confidence that everybody has in the scheme we're playing because we're – I mean, we're pretty diverse. We're, as, we're probably as diverse as anybody in the country, you know, as far as the different looks we show and different things we do. Um, and – but the guys have a lot of confidence in knowing – they know their stuff – and, you know, they play fast with it. And I just think that that allows you to play, you know, that much better each week because, you know, you don't have a ton of busts. You don't have a bunch of MAs. Uh, and they're playing with a lot of confidence on that side of the football. So I just think it's a kind of a culmination thing. Um, I think probably another piece is, you know, the depth we have on that side of the football allows us to stay pretty fresh throughout the game. And I think that's, I think that, uh, you know, is a big reason for some of the success we've had in the second half you know, over the last month in ball games. All right, Mike Houston talking about how comfortable these players are with Blake Harrell and his defense. And this is year two of Blake Harrell, but 
you know more than anybody how important this is that this was his first full off season this was his first spring ball so it's not year one but in a lot of ways it kind of is like year one for him you know and it's you know when they didn't have spring the year blank was hired right so he's got basically 21 practices to put his defense in you know in the fall now they changed the rules several years ago where you know during the summer you could meet with your kids you know two hours a week during the you know like i think it was you had 10 you had 10 hours a week during the summer that you can work your kids weight room and conditioning non like football yeah not it's not football but it's the weightlifting coach has them yeah and you can meet with them but you can't meet with them over two hours a week so uh you know we we kind of did that you know and i mean it really helps during the summer especially when you you've got kids that are pretty good freshmen and they get there in june well you can kind of teach that defense to them yeah uh we got a stat to consider shirley from jay on facebook he says stat to consider memphis has turned the ball over 17 times and only gotten seven turnovers on defense ecu has 18 turnovers and has created 18 on defense so ecu is one to one in turnover margin according to jay i have to look this up memphis is uh way in the negative on turnovers so well you know when i i'm bragging right now but this is something that uh, i'm very very proud of when we went to tulane they had not had a winning season in 23 years i was with tommy bowden well the first year we were there we led the nation in interceptions with 27 or 28 and we led the nation in total turnovers with 42 Hmm. now 42 42 i guess it was i know it was 27 or 28 interceptions and then i don't know 12 or 13 uh fumbles but when you're getting turnovers and i've said this before on the show every time you get a turnover you take a possession away from the opposing offense and you give it to your offense which and my i used to tell the kids this i said did you rather have normal game you get 12 tries 12 series well if you take it away from that team three they only got nine now and you just gave your your guys three more so your offense gets 15 attempts and the other team gets nine hell you are to win (laughs) and you can't control what your offense does you know throwing interceptions or fumbling but did you have a goal on what you wanted your turnover margin to be every week or at the end of the year? Yeah. You know, plus two, every plus game, four? But. Every game we wanted three turnovers. Now, some people – like if a fourth down stop to me is a turnover. Yeah. You know, that right. was a fourth time – you know, the regular turnovers plus a fourth down stop to yeah. me is a turnover. Rick Smith joining us here. Coach, uh, let's get your, uh, I guess, prediction time. How you feeling about this week? You – you do have one. Uh, you were looking at common opponents. Now, if you only go by that, you're going to like the Pirates' chances this weekend, yes, right? That, that's what I was looking at. Uh, we played Temple, and I think we won that one 45 to 3. Last week, while you were at Kentucky, we were putting Kentucky. the beat down on right. the Temple House. I didn't get to watch that. Yeah. And But now Temple got beat by Memphis. Or Temple beat Memphis. Temp- I'm sorry. Yeah. Yep. Temple beat memphis and then ucf uh we lost by a nail biter four, four yeah. and central florida beat, beat them memphis, by yeah. 17 so 
So it's close. That's not the only thing you can yeah. go by, but if you go by that, yeah. uh, you Wish feel pretty win. good. Now, Memphis is at home. They've been really good there. Also, uh, you know, we love to point out trends, Coach. I think they went – so did they go – Three and zero, and then zero and three. They were yeah. on some kind of weird trend this they, year. They they beat Nickel State forty two to seventeen. They beat Arkansas State fifty five to fifty. They beat Mississippi State at yeah, home. That was a big one. Thirty one twenty nine. So okay. they started three and zero, and then, then they lost to they yeah. they lost to Texas El Paso or uh, no, San Texas Antonio. San Antonio. They lost that by three. Then they lost to Temple. Then they lost to Tulsa. Then they beat Navy. They lost to Central Florida. Uh, they beat SMU. That was last week. So they yeah, went three yeah. wins, three losses, win, loss, win. Yeah. You know, so they've been they've been. In and fact, they, we talked to a writer there's uh, at the Memphis Commercial Appeal, and I described him as schizophrenic. He said uh, inconsistent is a word you could use for that team. Well, they're four and one at home. You're right. They have been good at home. And they're one and three on the road. So I wish we were playing them here. <laughs> yes, sir. I agree with that. So how many uh how many points do the Pirates need to win this? What kind of score are you thinking on Saturday? I think we need to score mid thirties. Yeah. Because as good as, as our defense has been, Memphis they're gonna get yeah. theirs. Well, I mean they you know, they're scoring thirty two points a game, yeah. which is thirty ninth in the nation. Their defense is giving up twenty nine points which is 92nd in the nation. So their offense is, is better than their defense. All right. You think we can pull it out? Yes. Okay. You know, I think our kids on defense are having fun. You can watch it, you know, when they run off the sideline. They're having fun. They're confident. Uh, you know, the, the offense is, is playing. Now, if our offense can play turnover free, and we can get our three turnovers, then we're going to win the game. Remember I said that. Our offense does not turn it over, and we get three, we'll win the game. That's a W for the Pirates. And I'll bring this up too, Coach, uh, before we let you go. My Braves won the World Series, and they there was a lot of talk about how everybody in the clubhouse gets along and how you know the coaches, the players, it's like a family atmosphere. Tony Collins said yesterday that an old coach told him, you don't have to like your teammate, but you got to love them. Yes. It's kind of like family. And, you know, I don't know how much that matters, but, man, it can't hurt when everybody is on the same page. And get and this this team, I feel like, we hear the players say it every Monday, they have really bought in to what Mike Houston's doing. Yeah. And that kind of that translates to the field, right? I mean, you can speak to that. Yeah, I think Coach Houston's probably done, you know, again, I, I think Coach Houston's done a good job with his staff. And I think, you know, if your staff – likes each other kids can see that that's kind of an underrated thing that we don't yeah. think about if right? your staff is close and uh it, it, it usually the team's close uh now i've been on a staff for, you know sometime where offense some of those guys didn't particularly get along with some of us uh the kids can tell that mm-hmm. i'm telling you uh a kid may come up to a coach oh, you really don't like him do you, you know <laughs> that's not good uh, yeah i was at uh golly elliot uslack who had been the head coach at navy elliot was hired my last couple of years at kentucky and now we're we were good friends elliot actually tried to hire me at navy one time 
Well, we're at practice, and we're scrimmaging, and he did something I didn't like, and I said something to him, and he said something to me. Now, Coach Curry was kind of over there, you know, 50 or 60 yards away, but, you know, we're getting chest to chest. Of course, I'm a little bitty guy. You know, he'd kill me. But uh, Bill came over there and separated us. Oh, wow. And uh, yeah, we're fixing to duke it out. I'd probably get killed. That, that doesn't help. Yeah. But, you yeah, know, but yeah. now I'm going to tell you what. The defense responded to me standing up for them. Yeah. That. Now, the offense, I mean, we had a great scrimmage after I that. Bet. They were trying to kill each other, <laughs> you know, taking up for Coach Smith and Coach Uslak. You might need to plan one of those just to get the team going uh, once in a while, but that, that's interesting. Yeah. Coach, I uh, appreciate you coming in and hanging out, Always man. enjoy it. All right, we'll, uh, we'll be with you next Friday if you're around. Yeah, I'm going to be here. All right, we're going to have to break down uh, how to defend the option next week, so get your notes ready for that. Well... <laughs> I'll try. All right, good deal. Rick Smith hanging out inside the Pirate Radio Studios, former ECU defensive coordinator. We'll hear from the current uh, Pirate coordinator, Blake Harrell, and what he had to say earlier this week when we return on Pirate Radio Live after this. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Tommy's Express Car Wash. Come experience the difference in Tommy's. Now open at the corner of Greenville Boulevard and Red Banks Road. Doesn't your car deserve it? Visit Tommy's Express Car Wash today. Now back to the show. Welcome back. Need some beer for the weekend? The Jarvis Street Bottle Shop near Christie's Europub is a specialty shop selling craft, domestic, and import brews along with wine and growlers. The Bottle Shop offers monthly beer and wine tastings featuring rotating North Carolina craft breweries along with live music and discounts. Stop by Tuesday through Sunday or check out the Jarvis Street Bottle Shop on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here is your host, Clip Rock. <coughs> All right, Shirley Rhodes. Let's uh, real quick play your least favorite game. Uh-oh. Guess the line. I hate this game. I hate this game so much. I'll give you some background information. Okay. East All right. Carolina uh, basketball, you know, they were a 22-point favorite against South Carolina State. Kind of went down to the wire. I mean, you always felt like East Carolina was going to win, but uh, nowhere close to covering that number. Canisius was a 15-point dog to Miami. I think the U ended up winning by 10 or so. Okay. So, tonight, Canisius is in Menchie's Coliseum to take on East Carolina. What right. do you think the line of that game is? I hate this game I know so you much. I really do because I suck at numbers. I'm going to go 27 and a half. <laughs> I told you, I suck at these numbers. Uh, I didn't think it would be that high. I thought it would be higher than it is, and it concerns me that it is as low as it is. East Carolina is only a five-point favorite tonight. Oh, come at, on. 
You're to only, Canisius? You're only 22 and a half off. Yeah. <laughs> Five point favorite to Canisius. That makes me uh, tremble a little bit. Okay, see, this is why I don't do numbers. I don't do lines. I don't do I'll say this. pick'ems. I don't do any of that stuff because I suck at this game. I thought it would be closer to your line than to mine, than to the actual line. So. Right. I don't know. Well, that's man. fair. All right. Well, we'll see uh, what happens tonight. Menji's Coliseum. I, uh, I'm i going to miss this one. Uh, Uh-oh. Clip Rock Jr. will be there, though. So there will be a Clip Rock in the building, just not me, uh, coming up tonight at 7 o'clock. Okay, that's fair. Uh, let's get to our, or continue on our Bud Light ECU report, uh, brought to you by Bud Light. Don't forget, bright and early, 8 a.m. If you're out heading to breakfast or enjoying a nice saturday in eastern north carolina tune in to the bud light pregame tailgate because we'll be with you eight o'clock to noon and we'll be enjoying some cds grill i'm looking forward to that i haven't Surely done missed that out yet. last week yeah i missed that last week so now i have had cds grill but i've had their lunch i haven't had their breakfast oh stuff. man so i'm I've, I've heard great things about it so i'm looking forward to that do you like uh sausage um well if i like sausage but if you have me at either bacon or sausage i'll choose bacon we, before I bacon will be an option okay so but, but I, do I, I do eat sausage but uh, follow-up question okay do you prefer link sausage or patty sausage Ooh, um depends on how it's cooked all right tough to get an answer out of charlotte um but i i would tend to lean more towards the link the link sausage biscuits uh that cd's grill have are incredible really and i am really looking forward uh, to well that. then i will definitely have to try one of those coming up uh, i may have to stick some bacon in there or you could pull a little west and have five of them no i can't do that <laughs> i mean it was incredible no because yeah. uh you know due to my illness last week i did drop a few pounds and i'm trying to keep that all right that, right uh, that trajectory so uh i i can't eat five sandwiches i just can't do it way to look at the bright side of uh your illness from yeah Ligia. yeah all right let's uh hear from pirate defensive coordinator blake harrell he met with the media earlier this week and uh talked about the win over temple looked ahead to memphis here's how it sounded yeah a lot, a lot of firepower um the receiver's really really good calvin austin obviously leads our conference in uh, yards receptions all a bunch of numbers so and he can fly around I think he's up for uh, a couple awards nationally. Um, he, he's the number one guy that stands out to you, and, and, and rightfully so. Seth Hennigan, the quarterback, doing a really nice job. You think it, a freshman quarterback, he's not playing anywhere close to a freshman. Got really good numbers and does a really nice job running their offense. I think he missed the UCF game, uh, a game that they didn't, they didn't win. So I think they're, they're feeling good about having him back. And he does a nice job with the RPOs down the field, uh, the tailbacks. Whether it's Thomas, who missed last week, we expect him to be back, though, or Clark or any of the other guys. They're all kind of replicas of each other, just physical downhill runners that can hit the zone up in there and do a nice job with that. And the other, other wideouts as well. Dykes, the tight end, um, really good tight end, maybe one of the better ones in the, tight, in the league, if not the best. Um, you know, 13 on the other side is a, a really good receiver as well. So you got got your hands full in all aspects, and, and they put up some numbers. I think about 130 on the ground, over 300 passings, 400-something a game 30 something points a game so um a lot like everybody else in the league firepower firepower you know but they're right up with up there with the top guys the way you guys have been playing lately though do you kind of relish this challenge of hey this is a, a big time test let's play our brand of ball and see what happens i think our players do you know our players are excited to go go play 
uh, anybody and everybody in our conference and play the top top guys in our conference. And Memphis certainly is. Um, and just put it, let it, let it go. You know, just let it ride and go play our, our ball. And, you know, how hard can we play? With how much effort can we play? How physical can we play? With 11 hats to the ball and, and create turnovers and do the things we do and, and see where it falls. So they're, they're excited about it. They're up for the challenge. They're preparing every single day, whether it's in the meeting rooms. Um, you know, they're off time on the practice field. They're doing a nice job getting ready for Memphis. Kind of going off of that, last um, last weekend, Temple posed a kind of different defense, um, slowed everything down, and really took y'all a minute to figure out what um, play y'all were going to run. How did they respond to that and then the difference? This yeah, you got two totally different aspects of the spectrum here. You got – uh, Temple was huddle, take the time, ball control, where, you know, I think 25% of, of the plays from uh, Memphis, or if not more, are tempo. How fast can we get lined up, run the next snap, especially with the made first down. Um, so they're going to be really – that's coming that's really quick. So we got to have it in. The kids got to get set, get lined up. They don't have much time to kind of take a look at the pitcher. They got to get ready to play. So uh, different challenges, and you got to be ready for – you know, obviously, Temple was last week. This week's Memphis, so, you, you know, a whole different week of practicing tempo, getting lined up, you know, just little things you, that come with tempo. So, ready for that. You said earlier in the year that you prepare for any quarterback to potentially be in the game. For an unfortunate circumstance, they end up playing two quarterbacks. It looked to us as your team responded well. How did you feel like they responded well to the change? Yeah, so, so you always got to be prepared for that. You know, it's no different this week. Seth Hennigan, uh, you expect to be the guy. You know, Paris started the game against UCF. Uh, and did a really nice job, was LSU transfer, so very high-talented kid. Um, you know, I thought last week our guys handled that really well. Just, you know, prepare for one guy most of the week. We did prepare for the other guy, and the other guy got in the ball game, and the kids handled that really really well and knew the game plan there and, and uh, did a nice job executing it. They've gone for it on fourth down a lot this year. I know they've had some kicking issues. Is that something you kind of are aware of going into the game? Hey, we, there might be some big fourth down. Yeah, they, they've uh, probably won the game last week. If you look back and – you know, how they were successful last week and what they did to win the ball game. I think they were five out of eight on fourth down. And uh, I think they've converted a fourth and 11, fourth and 12. The biggest one we saw, you know, everyone sees the one on Sports Center was the trick play and hit the tight end down the middle for a score. So uh, if they, you know, SMU will probably look at those stops and say, if we got those stops, you know, or just half of those stops, we, we have a chance to win the game. So we got to prepare those, you know, on third down, you got to keep in mind as, as players, as coaches, that this might be four down territory. Um, and last week, there was a lot of places on the field which four down territory for them. So we got to always be prepared for that, be mindful of that within how we prepare things, how we're doing things. And then when it gets to fourth down, we got to, you know, we got to let it loose and go get it and get off the field. So, it's, you know, a fourth down stop, we, we, we talk about this in the defense side of the ball, it's like a turnover on downs. It's a, it's a turnover for us. So we get a fourth down stop, that's a turnover, we're off the field, ball's back to their offense, and here we go. So. Your defense faced two sudden changes last week. Both times, I believe, forced three and out. Um, do you guys do anything in practice to mimic sudden changes? Yeah, the two previous games, uh, we had a, a great job with that. We had, I think, uh, three, three, three for certain sudden changes down in our territory, our red zone area, and uh, let them in the end zone and just kind of challenged the guys last week and, and practiced it last week of, hey, sudden change, ball's here at the 20-25, boom, let's go get it. And the guys did a really nice jo job. You know, it's kind of put the ball down mentality. Doesn't matter where you put it down, put the ball down. Let's go get it. Let's go to work. Let's do what we do. And the guys just did a really nice job taking that mindset and going about their business there. And, and uh, you know, like you said, getting three and out and getting off the field there. Y'all tackled at a pretty high level last week. How happy are you with the tackling this year thus far from your, from your defense? 
Well, you know, I think anytime you got 11 guys flying around, playing with great effort, you know, that minimizes missed tackles or a missed tackle doesn't lead to a big play. Um, and we got to continue to do that this week. That's a huge, huge point of emphasis this week because they got guys that are going to make you miss. I mean, Calvin Allison, every time you turn on the film, he's making somebody miss, and you better have 11 guys running to the ball because if you're not, he'll take, take that missed tackle and turn it into a big play with a 70-yard reverse. Uh, against Memphis or a screen pass, you know, he's going to take those things and go to the house with them. But if you got 11 guys running to the ball, ball with great effort, playing as hard as they can play, one missed tackle will lead to somebody else, you know, getting a shot in. So, um, you know, the guy's doing a really jo good job of focusing in, you know, keeping good leverage and, and being where they're supposed to be. But at the end of the day, it's about how hard we can, can we play with, you know, great effort and guys to the ball. All right, there is East Carolina defensive coordinator Blake Harrell. And, uh, Again, I go back to these third and fourth down numbers. East Carolina's defense getting off the field uh, 70%, 71% of the time on third downs. Now, East Carolina has allowed nine of 14 fourth down conversions to opponents this year. That stat could be important going into Saturday with Memphis going for it eight times last week. Now, as Mike Houston said, and we had Coach Rick Smith in here earlier, said the same thing every week is different every matchup every situation is different so is memphis as aggressive against east carolina as they were against an smu team that has more firepower offensively maybe they felt like they needed to score more and that's why they went for it more on fourth downs will they do the same this week i don't know but something to definitely keep an eye on once memphis crosses midfield and if it's fourth and five or shorter uh we could see their offense stay on the field and uh, try to pick up a fourth down. But the Pirates have been great defensively on those third downs. East Carolina on the year is allowing 24 points a game. I mean, that is an incredible number. That number was helped out last week by Temple only scoring three. East Carolina allowing 144 yards on the ground, 247 through the air for a total of 392. So 24 points a game, you're, you're under 400 yards uh, allowing so those numbers are getting better and better. At times, East Carolina has been a bit of a bend-but-don't-break defense, getting off the field on third downs and then having you know the team miss a field goal or getting a fourth down stop. But you know teams can have as many yards as they want uh, as long as they don't score. And as long as you have more points, you'll take it. Uh, how many games do we have in the Ruffin-McNeil-Lincoln-Riley era where we'd have over 150 more yards than the opponent but couldn't cash it in in the red zone and you lose? Uh, so doesn't matter how much you uh, march up and down the field if you can't put it in the end zone. East Carolina's done a good job of keeping teams out of that end zone. All right, let's uh, take a break. We'll wrap up hour number one when we return hour two of Pirate Radio Live. Expecting the uh, birthday boy's arrival. And he is here. And oh boy, he's he's got the Cam Newton jersey on. Like, we didn't expect that to happen. Because, honestly, if Chandler was going to be here today, which, of course, you know, he takes Fridays off. Sure, he's got a great contract. You know, he only has a five-day work week or a four-day work week around here. But uh, he probably would have a cam jersey on, too. Chandler yesterday said his heart was full. I can't imagine. Tony is beaming. Look at him, bro. <laughs> I Look know. at that smile. He has, like, this Ab radiance about him glowing. today. <laughs> well, uh, we'll talk to Tony Dunn. Cam Newton is back. Oh, that's great. No, I, I, congrats, Cam Newton fans. That's great. What does that mean for your football team? What does that mean for wins and losses? We'll dive into that and make some picks when we return Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live on the way after this.
listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $700 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. It's the easiest way to make extra money. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. Make up to $700 in a month and save lives now at Griffles Biomat USA. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. When your AC or heating needs repair or replacing, call on the reliable service professionals of Delcor Heating, Cooling, and Plumbing. Go to DelcorInc.com or give them a call at 321-8868. Delcor, the service professionals in Greenville. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Cliff Braun. All righty, hour two on this free beer Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. We'll give away a 12-pack of Bush Light Apple coming up in our five o'clock hour some other goodies as well so stick around for that stick around for morgan aylers brian north and more uh pirate football talk but we will have our weekly nfl chat now with tony dunn from carolinacatchronicles.com first off happy belated birthday tony thank you good sir um of all the birthday gifts over the years, what did you get? Like Legend of Zelda and like Predator 2 on VHS? Yeah, I mean, I probably had that. Uh, <laughs> I've had some good gifts, I would think. Having Cam Newton return to the Panthers on your birthday, I mean, where does that rank for birthday gifts you've been you've received over the years? It's the second to best. It's What's the second what? best. I can't say the best one on the air. <laughs> okay. But, uh, I want to hear it during the break. <laughs> but when it comes to yesterday, I woke up. Um, it's going to turn for I turned 40 yeah, last night. Um, I woke up and I went to my mailbox and I opened the mail and I got this and there was one of those birthday cars that's got the music, you know, how it, mm-hmm. and it said, mama, I'm coming home <laughs> and it was signed by Cam Newton. It was awesome. I blew out the candles and poof, this guy showed up. It was crazy um, and kind of bizarre too at the same time. You know, I now regret my wish. Um can I say my wish when I blew out my candles this year for my 40th? I wish that my uh, wife, daughter, and family would be happy and healthy for the next year. And I should have made a sports wish. Yeah. I mean, you might have gotten like a Super Bowl or <laughs> could something. Could have came true. Who knew? That's all I had <laughs> Who to do. Who knew that it's like a genie lamp? These Damn it. Missed opportunity. Uh, so, uh, Tony, you're riding high right now. It, now, I described this yesterday as a... This was like fan service. This was like right up Tony Dunn and Chandler Honeycutt's alley because there has been a turn. You can speak to this way more than me, but it feels like a turn against, at the top, Tepper, a turn. I'm not sure about Fitterer yet, but, but yeah. But no, you're right. No, you're, you're like, right on the money. I kind of skip over him. Yeah. A turn on Rule, a turn on Brady, the Wonder Boy, and certainly a turn on Darnold and, and the personnel. So, something like positive something uplifting needed to happen and i don't know if they were forced into this move uh but but it happened nonetheless what do you think i did not see it coming clip did not see it coming the night before this happened we had david newton from espn come on we asked him about it he said i I just don't think it can happen because they signed matt barkley the day before yeah but that means nothing okay I think more of anything, it just really comes back to like the history with Cam and the organization and trying to move on from him and, you know, build something new seemed to be like a, just a, you know, impasse that you couldn't get past one at any point. 
So um, I thought we have a debate show we do on Wednesdays, and uh, we debated if Cam Newton, if they should bring Cam Newton back. And I, my take did not age well, Cliff. It was they cannot, will not, and should not bring Cam Newton back. <laughs> and then the next morning, they signed him. Now, why Why I understand cannot, will not, why should not? Why did you say they should not bring him back? Because uh, one is I thought I, I thought it would be fair, uh, unfair to ruin his football career once. Uh, prior to him leaving, and then bring him back behind this offensive line and ruin his life after football. <laughs> Re-ruin. <laughs> so that was kind of my take on the, on our debate show. But, uh, you know, it does uh, – look, as I don't know if this is – we're just ex- – we're excited because Cam is home, right? I mean, it's like uh, – I, w- I, I think this is the first step. Or, you know what, I declare the pandemic over. I have declared it over. We have returned just to normalcy. <laughs> Cam Newton is back in a Carolina jersey. If you think about this, Cam Newton, ever since he left Carolina, we have been in lockdown mode. Wow. That changed the entire course of the world. I know. I know. And so, so we could have restored normalcy earlier by just putting Cam Newton back in Carolina. He's back, baby. Uh, what it means for this team? Here's one thing it means. Jay on Facebook Live says, a uh, buddy of mine in Charlotte has extra upper-level seats that uh, sometimes go unsold. They sold very quickly, within a few hours, with the announcement yesterday. I wish it would have happened two weeks ago and he could have played the Patriots. Oh, man. That would have been fun. Cam versus Mac Jones? Yeah. And then at, uh, imagine being the person who bought the tickets when Cam originally was slated to come home and you bought them to see Cam <laughs> one last time, and then you got so sad Maybe you sold the tickets, and then he oh. <laughs> that would be crazy. You had to rebuy them. Instead, he gets to make his debut likely against the Washington football team and Ron Ooh, Rivera. Yeah, I which think he's goes play. one or two ways. <clears throat> it, the story he beats his old coach and uh, has a great day, and Charlotte celebrates. Or the Washington defense we saw last year finally shows up and buries Cam Newton. It, I mean, it, either one of those could likely. There happen. is a chance that Cam Newton gets buried this year. I'm sorry, our offensive line is the worst it's ever been. And it's gotten worse. Each week. I, this week with the injuries, right? You had two guys go on IR yeah. this week. Our two starting stars. center uh, has been officially moved to IR. And Cam Irvin, I don't know if he's done for the season, but because they have this temporary IR that you can go on one right. time. But yeah, as the, the Carolina Panthers offensive line has been a clown car where they at every stoplight or every week they do the Chinese fire drill in between. And so it's been a mess. But I think this is what Cam Newton does for you. Is at least I think that hopes for Camp, Panther fans is one is there's a nostalgia to it. It's like uh, we love Cam. We There was a contingency of us that didn't believe we should have moved on from Cam, that we should have gone one more, just trotted out one more year and see how it worked. We had him under contract. They, you know, forced the split a little faster than some of us wanted. And, you know, Clip, I'm a, uh, they call us cam sexuals, <laughs> right? Is that we are. It's very rare. I don't know how many negative words you've spoken about cam in his entire career and on this program. No, nah, yeah, man. It's like one of those people that you just uh, defend to the end. Yeah. I mean, it means a lot to me and this organization and. And I'm trying to think of – it's a very special thing to have. I mean, I think it's kind of rare to have a player that does that for your organization and your for your fan base. And, I mean, has any player ever done that for you, like where they can't 
it's it's uh, and maybe it's because we were so irrelevant before he came um he's such a star-studded player the panthers had good teams and they had good players yeah. but they never had a star yeah and, they, and he was a superstar and there was the potential that he could have been the greatest ever type or you know that's what we were thinking it didn't work out that way but those hopes were there Here's the thing, though, is for us that I'm just happy. But, you know, I just like to see Cam. I want to watch him on Sundays. All right. Before you get to your next point, I I said yesterday, this is awesome from now until next Saturday. But when he gets on the field, then what? Oh, man, he's going to slay it. See, (laughs) and I asked this question, too, and I think the answer is no. But is there any way he could, like, ruin his legacy with this second this comeback to the Panthers. That would be a that would be something else, wouldn't it? But I, I say I no because can. I really don't have much expectations for him. No, our team was uh, we. I was in tank mode, right? Yesterday, yeah. the, the day before yesterday, <laughs> I was in tank mode. Like yeah. I mean, I really was uh, to the point of I thought we should trot Darnold out there because I don't want to have to possibly win with PJ Walker for by some chance. You know, Cam Newton does this, is he gives you a chance to win every single week, or at least that's how it always felt to us, uh, despite the team around him. Now, here's the thing, is that what happens if he plays really well, Clip? That Then things get complicated. What happens if he plays well? What happens if Christian McCaffrey is Christian McCaffrey? What happens if this defense we saw earlier this year really is a, a top-notch defense? Yeah, and they and make a, a playoff start run. winning games. That is not out of the realm of possibility. And then no. what happens after this year is like, do you go back to Cam? Then Ron Rivera says, you know what? I made a mistake. Come to Washington. <laughs> and then he died. Like, yeah. And then he's terrible because all quarterbacks can't be happy when it exactly. comes to football. No. So you are. Well, of course you are. But you think there's a possibility now? Like, can he win games week to week with this team? Are you expecting him to? I don't know. <laughs> I would say this is, uh, you know, I went through this is uh, on the, we had our biggest show ever yesterday. Awesome. Do you uh, know over 600 people watched live as we, that's awesome. Re- as we reviewed the press conference, there's been 12,000 views on our show yesterday on YouTube. It's crazy. Is your, uh, is Cody and, and you have other people on, but like, is your co-host, is he a big, uh, cam sexual as you are? Yeah. I mean, okay. he brought him in. He's the reason he likes football. He wasn't a football fan before cam. <laughs> so, um, I, I went through Cam's entire career at Carolina, and there's only been three games in his entire career where we, where we didn't score over six points, where we scored under seven. There were two times this this year we scored under seven points. Yikes! So I just hope this is that if if the if he can help the offense be a little bit more competent or at competent at all, I mean to score fourteen points a game or seventeen points a game. Then yeah, we could possibly win some games. I'm keep I'm trying to temper my expectations about what this season can become. But what's interesting about this is that I had low expectations, particularly once it started to all fall apart. I'm starting to look ahead. This team, though, it seems like the team doesn't want to lose. The franchise, like rule, they've been more aggressive than I expected in trying to manufacture these wins. I think Cam Newton is a sign of that. It's like, hey, we're not trying to just go with P.J. Walker and hang it up for the year. A lot of bizarre storylines. The Sam Darnold storyline is going to be very interesting to me going forward is because this wasn't a surprising clip when he went on IR. After that terrible game, he was benched two weeks ago after this another awful game when it comes to the Patriots game. And then, oh, suddenly his shoulder's starting to hurt. 
suddenly they found a fracture on this MRI. They probably looked for days for that sucker, found the littlest, tiniest crack, and said, guys, go into IR. I don't think he plays again for the Carolina Panthers. And Wow. Is Cam Newton a placeholder for Sam Darnold? Don't believe that. Not for him. Maybe, yeah, for the next guy, I guess. Yeah. Draft I, pick or the... But he could return. They're saying four to six weeks, and that's a very conser- uh, that's a conservative timeline, I think. It's well, like he could come back. Didn't I read that Cam turned down offers from Seattle and somewhere else? See, I haven't, yeah, I haven't been... I didn't have a phone, so I have not been able to... <laughs> There's another storyline for yeah. Tony this week. Um and I guess that is due to him only signing with the team to be a starter. Oh, so, okay. I mean, I, I'm putting that together, kind of piecing that together. He but, got paid like one. Yeah. I mean, or close to it. The Panther, Panthers are paying a lot of money to quarterbacks. So if I had to bet one way or the other, I'd bet on your side that Darnold doesn't play. Like Injuries could happen. Stuff could happen. But performance-related – I could see where he doesn't start another game. Yeah, like, I mean, I wonder if this is – if I was in the press conference with Matt Rua, I want to say this is in six weeks if your guys are pushing towards a playoff rebirth or whatever, right? I mean, I guess that would be the end of the season. If you guys are playing relevant football, are you going to give Sam Darnold an opportunity to compete for the starting job? I mean, good gosh, it's a mess. The Sam, they, they use this IR – as a smokescreen to get Sam Darnold out of Carolina. Well, everything has been so overshadowed from last week. Like we, I would have probably brought up the Robbie Anderson yelling at Darnold stuff, but that's like 12th or 13th on the list of things to talk about right now. Yeah, like, I mean, I was matter. ready to give up, Clip. I mean, I was done. I was done. I didn't even watch the second half. That's why they did this, for people like you. Because you're a sucker. And they know that. Our teams know that we're suckers. I mean, I'd watch them anyway, but now I can't at least, like, boo them at the moment. <laughs> now that Cam's back. I'm glad you're happy, Tony. It was, man. We talk about a gift. Yeah. Man, I blew out the candles, and it was just a great day. And then, poof, he appears. Super super Cam is back. I wouldn't be surprised if they run him, if they trot him out there in the red zone this weekend. I was going to say, like, so he, said, could, he was at practice today. Yeah. Right? So. I mean, I don't expect him to play. Start. I, I would hope that they put him in a, in a position to succeed. Sadly, they don't because of this offensive line. But at the, but at the same time, what's your better option down there on the goal line than running Cam out there? I mean, I mean, he's been in the NFL long enough. You get him, Chris McCaffrey out there, and How arguably games, he's got the best weapons he's ever had. Well, that was the talk, right? Oh, Cam leaves, and we finally stack yeah. the receiver. Uh, how many games, Tony, how many seasons do uh, you know this off the top of your head did he play with McCaffrey? Like, what were McCaffrey's numbers like with Cam? Uh, McCaffrey drafted in 17. So, seven, uh, he only played one year. So, basically. not a ton. Of, okay. Yeah, and Chris McCaffrey didn't play a lot his rookie year. He wasn't like a, the bell cow. I think they still had. Who did you have then? So, Jonathan Stewart was, still. I don't think though, he maybe. was drafted in 2016. No, because Vernon Butler was the 2016. He was 2017 draft pick, Christian McCaffrey. Um, I don't know if it was Jonathan Stewart still that late. That would be crazy. I'll look it up. He did split carries his first year. It was 2018 and 19 that he started to blow up, and Cam was hurt both of those years. So um, yeah, it looks like Jonathan Stewart was the uh, the running back then, and that's the old time. Ron Rivera not wanting to start. He started Jonathan Stewart over Christian McCaffrey because he was worried about him in pass protection. And you went eleven and five that year. Yeah. So, 
And then, uh, and that's when Cam Cam took us to the playoffs. We had a, that was one of Cam's better years. That was with North Turner. Uh, and then it was the next year that the injuries started to beset Cam. This is Tony's like favorite uh, running back roster ever. You had the fullback you liked, Arma. Or yeah. Uh, you had McCaffrey, Jay Stu, Fozzie Whitaker. I mean, that's, uh, that's I know, an all-time running back. Just camera and artist painting. Oh, there, no, that's why I meant – and Cap oh, was thank on the God. roster. Oh, yeah. thank God. I was like, oh. That's why I even brought it up. Cap was on that roster. I know. Why don't we – you know, I hope that Cam Newton pulls an Aaron Rodgers and, like, lobbies And for brings Cam. his buddies back. <laughs> you know what? I saw Greg Olson talking so glowingly about Cam Newton last night. I really had that thought of, why not try to just pull him in for the rest of the year? Just to put him I on know. the roster. It's so interesting that Cam uh, – you know, the narrative of Cam – is a bizarre one because so many people don't think that think he's kind of like a troublemaker or a diva. But well, then you have it's the clothes. Then, it's the, yeah. yeah, I mean, he's got a he's a big. There's an aura to him, but the players love him. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, is that the guys that went to battle with him love him? I'm already upset up to your. Oh, sorry, distracted by clips and the beautiful foam. The uh, the thumb thing? Yeah, I've been reading about it. That's what the phone my wife wants. I thought I made a mistake when I was setting up my my thumbprint to get in, but you're telling me that that's been an issue for yeah, all these probably uh, get cases. an update and take care of it. Uh, you know, but it's nice. Adam says, if Cam starts the rest of the year, the Panthers may win three games. Time for Carolina to reboot and draft a quarterback. Well, I think, I mean, that's, yeah, their plan is not to bring Cam Newton back for 10 years. They're, they obviously they need a well. If we win three games, that's three more games than we were going to win. Yeah, that's the truth of the matter. Is that you weren't beating anybody before? If Cam stinks, you get in a better spot to draft a quarterback. And don't hate us. We're not the ones that asked for it. I mean, this is the team that made this decision, right? It's, it's not just Panther fans doing that. I mean, the team went out and did this. They're kind of laying in their own bed at this moment. They made their own bed at this point with the cutting cam that probably had to take a lot of you know they had to swallow their their pride a little bit i'm sure how much have y'all did y'all discuss the um and there's memes out there of getting rid of cam bringing in his replacement replacing cam's replacement with a replacement and then cam replacing all the cam replacements i know it's it's wild <laughs> there's this one great picture floating around as the side by side of matt rule just looking totally exhausted and then on the other side it's just cam newton as happy as could be in the press conference it's been tough for look i'm telling you clip there's not been i cannot remember a time where the team looked worse than it has this year at times and and particularly the offense all season has been a disaster um, so it's interesting. I'd like to see what if what if Cam has more in the tank than people give him credit for. I think that might say something about the league uh, and some things about him, maybe. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be fun, and at least for the next ten days, there's nothing that can go wrong. Charlie, let's take a break. I mean, it was 2019, Tony, where and I was off a little bit on it, but I was like, the Panthers are going to score 30 and give up 37 because they can score. They're fun, but they can't play any defense. Like. The whole thing dramatically yeah. shifted to the defense keeping them in games and the offense scoring five points or whatever. It's uh, it's the NFL, man. Oh, that's a nice segue to our crappy picks. Almost cursed again. Our awful picks. Uh, but we will pick some winners and some losers coming up next when we return on Pirate Radio Live on a football Friday and a free beer Friday. We're back with you after this.
listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $700 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. It's the easiest way to make extra money. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. Make up to $700 in a month and save lives now at Griffles Biomat USA. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Jersey Mike's open seven days a week for lunch and dinner. You can order in store or you can uh, order online through the Jersey Mike's app. Jersey Mike's is a sub above. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Rock. All right. Well, I'm showing Tony the um, Robert Hunt play from last night, who I'd never heard of before this, but he is now my favorite NFL offensive lineman. How in the world did Shirley's Dolphins not just beat the Ravens, but dominate the Ravens last night? I have no idea because this this usually is what happens. They suck, they suck, they suck, they suck. When I am ready to just say, that's it, I don't want to be a Dolphins fan anymore, they go and pull something like this. Robert Hunt made the greatest touchdown that will, doesn't count in NFL history. The- Absolutely. Uh, so the it all- should have counted though because i thought the ball crossed the plane well no it broke you, the plane no it did but you can't touch it like he was an, like, an eligible receiver oh now i wasn't paying attention i guess that if part. he got tipped he could have caught it but so the offensive lineman catches the ball it was kind of an errant throw uh with two under duress catches it and knew what to do with it ran it got hit reached the ball it would have been a touchdown if they reviewed it uh, but it all comes back for illegal touching by a uh, an offensive lineman that why, was ineligible. Why does that rule exist? Do you think? Well, <clears throat> what would you do that would ruin the? Would you like just slip out a guard and then him just truck everybody down the road? I Is guess that's why you don't want that happening. It's a good question. Are they saying like it's unfair to the defense to allow any player to go out for a pass? I don't know. And there, what about the rule of an eligible man downfield? Yeah. Uh, right, because they're supposed to be, what blocking? They have to stay, uh, you know, behind the line of scrimmage the entire on time a pass on a pass play. play. So another bizarre rule. Yeah, I don't know if it's like a fairness thing. Like I don't know. That's a great question. Why are those rules? Coach I don't Smith know. I just yeah. figure yeah. if an offensive lineman can catch the ball and make a play like that, it should count. It sucks that it won't count, but hopefully everybody sees that highlight because what a. I mean, he's going to be telling that story the rest of his life. He definitely. I mean, he got upended. Yeah, and and had the wherewithal to reach the ball (laughs) across. Like he's definitely been a tight end or something in his younger. He was a big boy too. Yeah, that was a great play and 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 just improbable win. But that's what the NFL is. The, The the carry over to Thursday night that that came from last week when the Cowboys lost at home to the Broncos when the Jaguars beat the bills six points by the bills uh and they lose to the jags the titans now they're a good team but they pretty much dominated the rams uh yeah. the other night and then the bears covered didn't win but they had pittsburgh on the ropes it's so it was these crazy types week. it's these types of games clip that have led us to have such horrible picks last week our expert panel none of us went over 500 straight up we're not even picking against the spread i was six and six big dog was six and six tony improved from the previous week and went five and seven (laughs) 
it's been a rough year. And uh, someone was telling me that this is what the NFL wants, this type of parody. And I don't know if it's that, if they want <laughs> To this, this degree? Yeah, it's like, is it? Because nine to six games, that means just bad football. What was the score last night? Uh, it wasn't 20, a big, It was a weird score. Yeah. The, the Ravens so, I mean, got, had one touchdown, 22 to 10. And you know, I'm so I'm very surprised the Ravens didn't win this because anytime they're behind that much, oh I know the fourth. Tony third. Collins and I were talking about it yesterday. If they're down 17 in the second half, live bet Baltimore. And uh, I almost felt like a genius when they went down and scored a touchdown. But then the Dolphins came right back, big play to I think Jalen Waddle. And what a in. more strange storylines to a to a coming off the bench. To, because of an injured Jacoby Brissett. Brissett. Yeah. Oh, I got it right. Justin Forsett, Jacoby Brissett. Yeah, and uh, you know, and then what is this? It's like it's not only do you have all the rumors that go with um, the trade for Deshaun Watson, now we heard more discussion about what the actual trade was going to entail, three ones and two, two twos or wow. three firsts. And th- yeah, and that's what I've heard, that that was on the table and you hear that, and then they bench Tua, and then they put Tua in. It's just a bizarre world we live in. And now Cam's back. I mean, what is going on in the NFL <laughs> this year? Thank God the pandemic is over and Cam Newton's back in Carolina. Everything's normal again. All right, so, uh, I mean, there's still a football game this week that probably won't involve Cam Newton. Just saw on the bottom line, as we were talking earlier, Tony, Kyler Murray, game time decision. He has not practiced all week. Hmm. I'm picking the Panthers on the road, baby. All the good vibes. <laughs> oh, there. guys. Yeah. I'll take the Cardinals, but I don't know. What's your like your confidence level in P.J. Walker putting up points against the Cardinals? Uh, a big old two. <laughs> big two. Okay. Um, I don't know. Is that Look, Is there? there's no reason I should make this pick right now. No, you but know? you're riding high. You're feeling good. And we just talked about all the other games. That have been ridiculous. Yeah, why not another one? Except for I tried this a couple of times throughout the season, and that's also why I went three and seven, whatever that You week. know that they're going to happen, but picking them is difficult. Yes. Pick, finding out which one. Chandler is picking the Cardinals today. Smart. Uh, over the Panthers. <laughs> All right, Bucks at Washington. The Bucks are down Gronk and Antonio Brown and maybe Chris Godwin. Washington coming off a bye I don't know. You picked your team. Should I pick mine? I hope you do. I, hope you nah, do. I, I mean, I'm just waiting for. I was listening to Dan Patrick this morning, and he said, uh, I'm just waiting for Washington to become good. And he said, But I've also been waiting for that for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to take the Bucks because I'll take the Bucks. I'm only going to make one ridiculous pick, and it's my own team this time. All right. Fair enough. Uh, Lions at Steelers. I, I mean, I'll take the Steelers, but I don't, I don't love it. No, the Steelers uh, stink. They got bailed out like crazy on Monday Night Football by the referees, by the zebras. That was nuts. Um, a lot of just, and you know, I'm, a, I want to know if those guys were really offsides. They call it offsides, and you know, neutral zone infraction. Mm-hmm. Man, you have two, two or three plays where they lined up like that. Um, and then it looked like the guy almost made the field goal at the end. It was crazy. It's a good game. Oh, yeah. The uh, magic uh, camera angle. Yeah. There. Justin Fields, though, was playing pretty awesome. 
Uh, I told the Steelers you, stink, Tony. They're about to be leading that division. Yeah, I told you last week I will not pick the Lions again, and I'm sticking okay. to it. All right. Uh, Chandler also on the Steelers. Dead to me. Saints at Titans. I'm picking the Titans. I don't believe in the Saints right now. And at, without Kamara, too. Oh, yeah, you're right. Um, Give me the Titans. I don't know who the Saints It's uh, some weird name. Is it still Simeon? Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm taking the Titans. Tony's taking the Titans, and Chandler is taking the Titans. How about the Falcons uh, knocking off the Saints last week? If the playoffs started today, Tony, the Falcons would be in those playoffs. How stupid is that? That's why we went and got Cam Newton, I guess, is because there's you're, you're now telling me there's a chance. Got a chance. Yeah. Tell me there's a chance. And then the week before that, the Saints beat the Bucks. Yeah. So the Saints beat the Bucks, then the, the Falcons. Beat oh, the and then the week before that, the Panthers beat the Falcons. <laughs> <laughs> so you're telling me we're better than the Bucks? Yes. <laughs> oh gosh. Um uh, there's something on uh, the internet on I think Reddit does it the circle of suck, <laughs> and the Pac-12 has been completed, where basically they do it like in a circle, and this team beat this team, and they've got every team <laughs> on the list. Together, like the the, the NFC South has accomplished that. The seven degrees of separation. Yeah, I will take the Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, I don't even want to really say a bounce back because I think this could be a pretty decent game actually. So. Yeah, I don't think the Falcons are as bad as they played at times. I think they, I, I think we attribute them to being a really bad team because the Panthers went out there and smoked them, and they and lost they, to Washington. Oh yeah, on a last, mo- yeah, on a miracle, really, so, on a bunch of miracles. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's get another break in. We'll come back. We've got uh, some good games still to pick. Browns at Patriots is a uh, a good game. Vikings at Chargers. Two weird teams there. That's a tough one. Russell Wilson back. Who's the Packers quarterback? Is it is Rodgers back or not? I don't know if he's going to be able to return that fast, given the protocol. Chiefs at Raiders is a very important Sunday night game. So we got some good games left to pick. We'll do it when we return on Pirate Radio Live. We roll on after this. listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Save lives, be a hero, and make $700 your very first month donating plasma at Griffles Biomat USA. It's the easiest way to make extra money. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. Make up to $700 in a month and save lives now at Griffles Biomat USA. A better donor experience and better pay. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you need custom t-shirts? apparel or promotional items for your business organization or event we'll keep it local and print it local with university sportswear contact them today at university the official sportswear provider of pirate radio for 18 years now let's head back in to prl here's clip Brock. back with you on pirate radio live here on a free beer friday super tony is here with us celebrating a birthday and celebrating the return of cam newton to the carolina panthers we are making some picks the patriots are hot tony dunn the browns how about them last week did we all pick the Bengals? 
Yes. We all picked the Bengals. We all stink. And that was a blowout. Uh, they got rid of the Odell stink, if you will. The Rams welcomed that stink in. What do you think about that move, by the way? Uh, it's kind of one of those things. I think I just got to wait for it to produce something before I'm, I'm interested in it. The Rams, are, by the way, have been struggling, it seems, a little bit on offense recently. The, when did the NFL turn into the NBA where we just have these super teams? The Bucks did it and are still doing it. The Rams are kind of going all in with Von Miller and Odell. So, You know it, what? But they're all old names. I know. Yeah, you're right. You I, know, it's that. And it's so much more like in the NBA, if you add one guy, you're going to win five games. If you add two or three, you're going to win 25 more games than yeah. the previous year. The NFL is a lot different than that. It is. Uh, especially with the injuries and stuff like Odell and Von Miller have been injured yeah. this year already. <laughs> yeah, so. and a lot of reputation involved in it more than actual production this year. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, when is the if the Von Miller – at some point it's going to gel. I mean, it's only been a week, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're going to be good, I hope. Or, but the Rams actually have hit a point where they're kind of having to go through there and prove it to us that they're a good team again. You know, I thought it was kind of just given that they're going to walk all the way to the NFC Championship, but – I don't even think they're first in the division right now. The Patriots have running back issues. I saw that uh, Harris is not going to play. Stevenson, the uh, the young guy who had a great preseason and has looked good in spots, didn't practice today. So, and that's been their bread and butter. Mac Jones has been pretty good, but like they bully ball, they run the ball and play defense. That's how they For win. Two weeks they've done that too. Then again, the Browns are without Chubb. Right? <laughs> what? Uh, I, I don't, don't know who the running back is going to be in this game. Now that I think about it, I'll take the Patriots at home. Yeah, because I like riding with them. I've rode with them the last couple of weeks. I'm going to take uh, the Patriots at home for the Bill Belichick effect. And you're a Ma- big Mac Jones guy, right? Oh, I love him. <laughs> uh, Actually, I challenge him to an MMA fight. <laughs> he is Kurt Angle. He's got the ankle lock, Tony. You got to be careful with that. Uh, dirty, I'm make him tap out. Dirty play, Tony. Uh, totally. Um, yeah, it was dirty. I mean, is that look? I don't want to hear none of this mess about he thought he had the ball. I mean, they were already running down. They were already ten yards down the field. He was. He had a. Um, uh, like a tri- a temper tantrum on the field. Now he did get hit. He got blown up. And I mean, I don't know if I would react different. You know, I'd probably be angry too. And you'd be going after the first, the closest guy to you, like try biting to- their. I mean, I guess he's uh, he should be a lion. He's biting their kneecaps off and things like that. <laughs> Dan Campbell. Um, you know, is is it a dirty play? Yes. Is he a dirty player? Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but is it football? Yeah. Okay. Uh, right. So you, you do come around there at the end. Uh, Chandler is picking Baker and the Browns to go to Foxborough and win this game. He's probably mad about the uh, Patriots. Bills at Jets. Good grief. Yeah, man. Imagine if the Bills lost uh, to the Jags and to the Jets. Somebody made this point. I was listening to a show. It might have been uh, Brandon Walker on Pick Central. He said, do the Bills play any good teams this year? Because they played the Jets, they played the Jags. It seems like they're 14-point favorites every week. Well, I mean, they, they are just playing the division. Washington. Yeah. Um, I'm taking the Bills. What kind of score do you like, – is this a true bounce back, let's show that we're good game? Yeah. Because they have blown some bad teams out this year, Tony. They have, but do you remember after week one they lost and we thought – They got they, crushed. 
by and the, then we thought they were going to. Oh know. no no no! They were in the snoozer against the uh, Steelers. Yeah, and I think they they lost week one, and then yeah. the sec, and then the week they bounced back big. So yeah. that's what I'm calling for: big bounce back. The Jets. I mean, I guess as long as they're not starting Zach Wilson, they got a chance. Mike White is back, baby. Did you hear what he said that uh, he thought he should have been the number one draft pick four years ago? Wasn't that him that said that? I did not. Hear I that. think that's recent. Like he was jer- like talking about himself, belief in himself. Hey, you got to believe. Uh, let's go with the uh, Bills sweeping this one as Chandler has them as well. Jaguars at Colts. Uh, give me the Colts. The Colts were uh, they're feisty. They had to be feeling good after winning on Thursday night titans going to the rams uh no derrick henry they're gonna lose we're gonna be back in the race and then the titans just go out and blow out the rams um jaguars coming off a win and and also a win without trevor lawrence i think he hurt his ankle left the game with an ankle injury at that point at one point i will take the colts as will tony as will chandler all right vikings at chargers gosh um I'm going Chargers. Uh, I, you know, I wanted to believe in the Vikings, but uh, you, like you said, never trust uh, Kirk Cousins in a primetime prime game. Time. Yeah, I'm. I'm starting to say never trust Kirk Cousins in a game that matters. <laughs> Which a lot of these games matter. That's a yeah. problem. So I think the Chargers are probably trying to get back on track. They haven't been beautiful. It hasn't been beautiful for them in the last few weeks, but they won last week, if I'm correct. Every team in the AFC West has five wins. Two of them are five and three. Two of them are five and four. That's parody. Yeah. Uh, the Chargers looking to get to six and three. I still don't. Remember earlier this year, we were like, all right, Phillip Rivers gone. We love Herbert. We can finally believe in the Chargers. Not yet. No, not the same close. team. Yeah, same exact stuff. And I got to say, I'm more disappointed in their defense. Yeah. Like you think that their defense with the Bosa kid that's just locking people down, and they haven't done it. All right. Um, but you take Kirk Cousins, do Nah, it. yeah, you're right. I'm Last right. week he did start off right off the game. I mean, like a first pass was like a 55-yard touchdown to Justin Jefferson. Yes. Uh, Chandler is taking the Vikings. Nice. All right. Eagles at Broncos. What was that from Denver last week? Dominant defensive effort, run the ball with Gordon and Williams, the rookie, and, and win a game. You know, I think that was what the game plan for the Broncos all season was supposed to be. And so But uh, Vegas tells you, Tony, that let's not go crazy. They're a two and a half point favorite at home against the Eagles. Well the Eagles are not a bad team. What are the they? Eagles are Are they they're not a good team. They're not a good team, but they, I don't know. There are they're I would say they're kind of a good team. And what I mean by that is that they've played some tight they've played tough football this year. And they've stayed engaged. Look, they lost to the Bucks by three or you know one score or something like that. Each week they've played some tough guys down to the wire. Remember what I said last week though? They every time they have a chance to win a game at home in front of their home fans, they they fall on their face. And, and that's what we got. We got one of them right, didn't we? But they have been good, good on, the, on road. the road. I'm going with the Broncos. <laughs> I almost tried to talk you into I know. there. I mean, I, I I do believe the Eagles can win this game. I think it's close. Um, you know, you're a little worried that the Broncos, you know, that were just too uh, too in love with the idea that they b- beat the Cowboys so handedly. Um, but I the Eagles it. right now are just okay on so many levels. But they do play tough. They got a good defense. This feels like the wrong pick, but I'm taking the Broncos. 
the spread? Why? I mean, I, the, it should be higher. Well, you know, the Eagles went to Detroit and beat the mess out of them. You like you said, they've played well on the road. Who'd they play last week and lose? It was to? the Chargers. It right? was the Chargers. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I think they had it down to the wire on that one. Didn't the Chargers win with a game-winning field goal? Uh, Something I don't like that. Sport, it was close. Yeah. Uh, I'm still, you know, I've gone against the Broncos the last two weeks, and they've kind of made me pay for it. So give me the Broncos. I'll, uh, I'll take the processes. No, no, I'm taking hmm. the Broncos. The next game, I'm going to take the Packers at home, but. Russell Wilson's back. Russ is back. I'm taking the Seahawks. Okay. And is this one of those things? Gosh, I don't know. But if the if is Rogers going to be back? Uh, Wager McGee said, and I don't know why I'm using him as my source when I could just Google it. But the the timetable like ran out runs out on Saturday where he could kind of negative test back into um the game the team uh so i'll try to get some aaron Rodgers and russell wilson both expected to return i'll take the packers do you still want the seahawks uh he's not eligible to return until november 13th yeah so when is that tomorrow tomorrow yeah that means he hasn't practiced at all that, that, that doesn't matter it's I aaron Rodgers. aaron Rodgers called makes the plays up in the huddle yeah, you know what? I'm going to roll with the Packers with you. Okay. I think Aaron Rodgers goes and gives the middle finger to the world. He loves to be, like, doubted and hated. And I mean, he's going to discount double-check the vac- like Pfizer. He has, uh, and I, he doesn't, I don't, I don't know. Maybe he does care. Maybe he is sensitive, but he's lost a lot of fans. He's starting to lose some Packers fans, too. Mike Mullis, uh, in particular, one of the few that I know. You know, but Mike Mullis has been already uh, getting off the Aaron Rodgers train for a few weeks. That's true. For yeah. all year. For Remember, because he get mad because he's made it all about him and yeah. this and that. And Mullis just is seemingly a little angry all the time. He's a curmudgeon. That he is. I'm glad you picked up on that, and I didn't have to say it. Uh, Chiefs at Raiders. I like this game on Sunday night, and I kind of like the Raiders. I'm picking the Raiders, dude. Yeah. The Chiefs uh, are a mess. Yeah. I mean, they, they barely skated by Jordan Love and the Packers at home last week. They scored 13 points. And the Raiders are better without John Gruden. Well, they just lost to the Giants, didn't they? Oh, and I picked that, didn't I? How did I do so bad last week? And I picked the Giants over the... God, I'm... I don't know, Tony. Oh, I'll tell you why. Because I picked uh, Cause the you Panthers. picked the Panthers, for one. Oh, gosh. I really started this week off strong, You picked I? the Bears at the Steelers. Should've, oh, should have gotten that one. Oh, the bad part is we all picked the Giants. <laughs> <laughs> That's how uh, we made up games. I'm picking the Raiders. Uh, all right with it i am too uh chandler's gonna go with the kansas city chiefs on the road and then this line is weird to me too is this right uh the rams are a three and a half point favorite like i feel like they after they, the 49ers got beat up by colt mccoy yeah I, I i love the rams in this game yeah me too i like them against the spread as well uh and chandler does as well so there you go the picks are in please fade us uh at all costs yeah i mean really is uh as soon as you heard that i picked the panthers over the cardinals you should fade us uh and they say they being the the they 
that this is what makes the NFL great and fun. And I I think I tend to agree with that. I like when it's unpredictable. Oh, I do like when it's unpredictable, but I hate when it's like uh, unpredictable because nobody's good. <laughs> you know, I mean, if you think about that Chiefs-Packers game. And how is Jordan Love not better? Yeah, I, I don't you know. know. But, oh, because Aaron Rodgers didn't let him see the playbook for the last four years. Well, sure, he doesn't let him in the so, team facilities. He won't let him inside his head. <laughs> um, yeah, there are no – every time we're ready to crown a great team, I was moving the Cowboys into that category. And I should not have done that. Apparently. Did we go? What What's going wrong with them? Do you think? Well, it, Dak's first week back. Let, let's see this week before we say what's going wrong. If they struggle offensively against the Falcons, I still I think they're still okay. I think the Rams, despite evidence proving otherwise, are still a really good team. Yeah, I mean we're ready for them to become the team we expect them to be. So. The Bucks haven't been completely invisible this year. You know, invincible, whatever the term is. <laughs> I use those wrong all the time. Really? Invisible and invincible. That's awesome. Makes me feel better. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I told David Newton. Uh, oh, yeah. Let's wrap it up with that. Oh, man. It was awesome. You know, we restored his uh, reputation. So now people are looking at him as he's a decent, cool yeah, dude. Yeah, they were like, oh, man, he's a cool dude. And then they learned, too, that some of the things that they didn't like about him are not entirely under his control he works for espn we did i didn't know this i mean i didn't know he worked for espn but that they don't write their own headlines oh so, you know what and i hate that about newspapers or like the guy or gal writing the story should control the headline and then so he can suggest a headline but the editor in bristol mm-hmm. is the guy that uh that makes it so interesting so you think of kind of them like you're like oh david newton trying to be the clickbait david newton trying to be this you know the kind of just this wackadoo and uh <laughs> it turns out that he's a doing the right work or are trying to do good work well, and they are tweaking it a little bit the he doesn't have an editor on twitter that makes that the true. wrong names and all that that stuff. is true did you ask him about that he did and what? i told him from somebody who does this a lot I, I empathize with you. And he said, I mean, he said like this, like the most recent one, which where he called, he said, DC, Joe Brady. And like he got, he said, look, Joe Brady was coming to the podium. You're running behind. You're trying to write this story. You're trying to tweet all these things out. And you're, you know, you just go quick. You know, it sucks when somebody can speak up for themselves and bring up valid points as to why they made a mistake. Cause now you can't make fun of them. Well, with this, yeah, I know this was great too. Is that uh, so? We we told him that uh, I, I, this is how we segue into the personal questions about like how he feels. You know, when how do you feel about people wanting you fired all the time? Yeah. And things like that. We asked him about it, and the way I segued into it was, you know, I bet you it's hard to filter out the noise if you're a football team like this. How do you do it? Dave? <laughs> Yeah. It was great, man. He had a good time. You know yeah. what? That was funny. And this makes me feel like an insider clip now. The next day, as soon as the Cam Newton news broke, he sent me a DM and said, I guess I was wrong. Oh, yeah. And so I'm getting insider. I'm getting the insider info now clip Uh-oh. from David. Watch Newton. Out. And I think it did make him feel good to hear that there are people out there that like him because he does kind of ask the hard question that, you know, sometimes you think it's the jerk question to ask. 
but it is the one that we kind of want to see how they respond to and usually they won't answer it but like for instance when joe brady his name was being linked to the lsu job he said what do you think about your name being linked to the lsu job and they're of course going to dodge the question but you don't want everybody just lofting softballs up all the time yeah do you think he i don't know how much he cares about it but has he kind of this sounds kind of depressing but like accepted his role as a punching bag yeah, he uh, said, I just don't look at the yeah. social media. It kind of stinks, right? I asked him this, too, is do you do it on purpose? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, but he's like, he I said, do not do it on purpose. He said what? He said, I don't do it on right. purpose. Yeah. You know, these are all real mistakes. I said, <laughs> These are I all. I said, I think you stumble into greatness wonderful. <laughs> Tony, uh, hey, congrats to you. Uh, enjoy Cam Newton on your roster. Yeah, man. Dude, we've been rocking and rolling. I want everybody to come hang out on the C3 Panthers podcast. We'll be there Sunday after this game. If the Panthers win this week somehow, without or with Cam Newton. If they win with Cam Newton, we're going to Super Bowl, baby. But then he starts next week, makes his first start against Washington, like... I might be disgusted on this show. You here. might not like to be around me, Cliff. Exactly. And I'm... you barely like to be around me now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll take a time out when we return. Hour three of Pirate Radio Live. A big hour it shall be because we've got Bush, Light, Apple. Oh, that's gross, Tony. He's dabbing. He's Superman. And it's like... It's like 2011. All We've turned back the clock, Tony Dunn. Uh, we will make you a winner. We'll talk to Brian North, Morgan Aylers, and have more for you when we return after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Hey, explore your pour while watching the Pirates and uh, the Memphis Tigers coming up tomorrow at Emporium on Dickinson Avenue. Emporium has 52 self-pour taps with the best variety of beer anywhere. On Saturday, ECU uh, will have, or the ECU game rather, will be on the inside and outside TVs. Plus, starting at noon, the last call pizza food truck will be on site. Emporium is located on Dickinson Avenue, and of course, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. Now, let's head back in to uh, Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Rock. All right, I was uh, hosting a little trivia at Emporium last week. In fact, it was uh, last Tuesday when the Braves clinched the World Series and uh, started about 6.30-ish, was concerned about having a TV on the game, um, and I ended up finishing before the game started. But point being, awesome TV setup. They had it ready to go on Fox that night. Uh, So a great place to uh, try some great beers uh if you're into the ipas or the the dark beers or if you just like a regular domestic light beer whatever uh they got it there at emporium and a great tv setup as well for you to enjoy some football coming up this weekend and particularly at noon on saturday when the pirates take on the memphis tigers how awesome is it folks to have a game this late in the season that matters that's important 
uh that uh, if east carolina wins something happens there's stakes involved just haven't been in this uh situation in a long long time let's head out to the fixed nc live line and talk some pirate football and some hoops with morgan aylers he is the voice of daddy ficklin stadium and men g's coliseum enjoyed him the other night saying luigi dubu and all the other pirate names morgan how you doing today sir uh glad to be here good to be here excited to be here how you doing Oh, wow. You are fired up, ready to go. Uh, Morgan, the Pirates uh, painted a purple on Tuesday night. was not the prettiest of wins, but a win is a win. I'm a little concerned. I just looked in the line about an hour ago. Only five-point favorites against Canisius tonight. I think the Pirates play well. I think Vance Jackson has a better night than he had in his debut. You could tell there's something there with him, uh, but he was a little off the other night. I think he plays better. I think the Pirates win tonight, but that line's a little low for me. Well, that's, uh, I, I agree with that. I think the Pirates probably should be 10 to 15 point favorites in this game tonight. I think you and I talked about it a week or so ago about it. it's going to take them a few games to gel. Yeah, They've been practicing against each other, but when you're out there against somebody else, it's totally different. And uh, got to hand it to Charleston Southern the other night. You know, they, they played well. They had a lot of uh, Wait, you talking about the football game or South Carolina State the other night? South Carolina State, whoever they are, from the southern part of South Carolina, you'll be okay. Um, <laughs> once it's over with, I, I can't remember what I had for breakfast this morning. So we're good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, South Carolina State. Excuse me, Mister Political Politically Correct, this guy. Well, I like to get teams' names right on the show. I don't care. But anyway, we won, and uh, that was a big thing. And, you know, I, I really think that over the next three or four games, you're going to see the Pirates start to play more and more together uh, as, a, as a, a unit. And it takes a little time, and I think once you get uh, tabs in and, um, you know, you get R.J. Felton in the game a little bit, and, you know, I think you're going to see some, some different dynamics that you haven't seen on the court. But it is going to take a little time, and hopefully the Pirates can win the games if they do that. And as conference season starts to roll around in a month or so, they'll be – a much different team than you see right now. Morris Anders joining us on the Fixed NC Live line today. Uh, Brandon Johnson, Morgan, is a – he. Uh, usually when you say, like, gritty, gutty, you know, you're talking about a little guy who likes to get into the mix. He's a big guy that will get on the floor, that will dive on loose balls, take charges. He also can get rebounds and score. He had a – you know – what uh nine and eleven the other night i believe might have, no he had a double double i believe i think he had a double double yeah i think he had two double doubles him and vance both had double doubles either. how about him as a freshman uh to provide some instant energy and i think he's gonna be a player morgan he was fun to watch the other night i really enjoyed watching him i, I, I noticed him at practice last two times i'd gone out there and watched and yeah was talking uh to coach dominguez about him and you know, the thing is, yes, he's a freshman, but he did play junior college last year. I think it was Brunswick Community College. Right. We're down that way. and uh, So he's not a true, true freshman out of high school learning how to play college. He does have a little bit of experience, but he's got that body of, from a basketball standpoint. You look at him and you go, he's already playing well, and if we can keep him and develop him, he's got a chance to be something special. And I totally agree with you on that. I, it's exciting to watch. He hustled uh, both ends of the floor and dove for a couple loose balls and you know, six eight, six nine guy doing that, that's that's kinda rare these days. 
it fires up your uh your teammates i know joe dooley and the coaching staff appreciated and we talked to antoine jackson a couple weeks ago and he said that he probably annoys the other guys in practice because he goes so hard morgan <laughs> did you did you notice that like uh not everybody likes to give it a hundred in practice but uh according to a lot of people yourself included he's he is one of those guys he is and it, and it does feed off onto the other players and uh that's the one thing i did notice watching some of the practices that i've been to is that th- there's not a lot of plays that players are taking off you know, if there was a loose ball on the ground, those guys were diving after it. If there was, you know, a box out, I mean, they were boxing out very physically. You know, the other night it didn't necessarily seem that way maybe at times. It was sort of a little um, off-center maybe of where they wanted to go. And I think Coach Julie put it best. He said there were some things that he saw tonight that he hadn't seen all preseason. And, right. Um, you know, I mean, and he doesn't want to see them again. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't want to see anything, you know, but, but then again, you, you, the first time out really yeah. against with fans in the stands, it's the first time in over a year you really had fans in the stands. Uh, it's just a different atmosphere, and it was a really good atmosphere to have like, the other night. I thought the crowd was great, and hopefully it'll be that way tonight. J.J. hit some uh, big threes when the Pirates needed them, and hopefully uh, his teammates will join in on that fun tonight when they play Canisius. Got Western Carolina coming up Sunday. Morgan, uh, I don't know the answer to this. Are you – in Memphis, getting ready to go to the Liberty Bowl, or will you be in Menjis tonight? Where is Morgan Aylers? I'll, I'll, Morgan Aylers is in Greenville. Okay, I'll be in Menjis tonight and Sunday. Have a wedding to DJ tomorrow at right. Richland, so wasn't able to make the trip to Memphis this weekend. But we'll be watching it and listening to Jeff Charles and Kevin make the call and uh, watching it on ESPN as much as I can, ESPN Plus. Pirates going to become bowl eligible tomorrow. Write it down. Morgan, I'll give you a compliment. We'll get to football in a moment. I, I will jot that down. Pirates, bowl eligible. Um, I, I, you do a great job on the PA. You do a good job on the play-by-play as well while contestants are doing silly events on the court in Minji, such as running and dribbling with pizza boxes or that guy that really struggled with the puzzle the other night. I, I enjoy your commentary during those. <laughs> Well, you know, it's it's hard sometimes to see, you know, this when you're watching when the cheerleaders are right in front of you. But, you know, sometimes you're just amazed at some of the athletic ability and <laughs> <laughs> some of these folks have. Not that I've got a ton anymore, but my man was sitting there trying to match cards on the floor. I guess it's like, uh, what's that game, concentration? or Yeah, well, it's a game. I, I remember playing that with my, my daughter as she was coming, like a, a memory drill type of thing. And yeah. I think she was better as a two-and-a-half-year-old than that guy was the other night. Well, he was. He went around and started flipping the cards over, one, you know, two at a time, and he went around in the circle. Then he started the circle again. I'm like, dude, I can't see what I'm doing. I know where three of the matches are. Hey, look, when you're under the lights, it's just like the players, Morgan. It's a different atmosphere, man. Different atmosphere, especially when you got a PA guy that, dude, match the cards. Yeah, you were, you were trying to give him some uh, some help, and uh, it did not, unfortunately. Uh, Morgan, the Pirates are trying to get to a bowl for the first time since 2014. Uh, let's look back real quick. Um, the offense, once again, we had another 100-yard rusher and Keaton Mitchell, Holt Nailers, an economical game, didn't have to throw that much, had three touchdowns uh, to one interception. So the offense did their part, and boy, did the defense do their part and more, allowing just three points 
on Saturday. Uh, that was some good complimentary football. Both sides of the ball looking good. And the first time we got a uh, one we didn't have to worry about in the second half this year, Morgan. That, that was awesome last Saturday. It was. And, you know, what was really cool about that game is that, you know, the weather was a factor and in conversation all day long. It was overcast and cool. Really didn't start raining until late in the ball game. And but the wind was really howling down there the other day. And then Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, if you're down there on the field and the wind comes in through the uh the Murphy Center end, it sort of just just spins around the stadium. It's you know, it's tough to play and the Pirates have had two weeks of that. Tomorrow's gonna be a nice day. And uh I just you know, hopefully the Pirates can keep playing the way they're playing. They're you, you may use the word complimentary, the defense is well, they're hitting a lot of people. And they're hitting them hard, and uh, I think that's what's going to have to happen in Memphis tomorrow. They're just going to have to keep getting after them and keep confusing the the offensive uh, quarterback. You got a young quarterback in Memphis, uh, and I think Coach Harrell's going to try to mix up things as much as he can to really, you know, prevent him from getting into some sort of rhythm. Uh, this was pointed out, I think, first by by Tony Dunn last week with us, who was a, an ECU alum, a football fan, watching games. But then also by the color analyst Kevin Monroe, they said that that Holton throwing the ball in the rain in the South Florida game looked about as good as he has all year with the zip and, and putting it where it needed to be. And he had another pretty good game in uh, you know no rain conditions really, but wind conditions last week. So um, you know Holton, when the rain and, and weather gets involved, you kind of worry about the passing game and, and quarterbacks. But uh, he has seemed to kind of strive in that these past couple weeks, Morgan. He he's done very well, and, and you know again he'll be the first one to tell you. I think the lines played very well the last two weeks. You know, he's had time to make the throws, time for the receivers. That makes a difference. <laughs> yeah, makes a big difference. Yeah, and uh, you know I think all during the, uh, the some of the early games of the year that wasn't necessarily the case, but the line is playing better, and uh, you know Memphis I think it'll give them a good chance tomorrow to do the same to the offensive line to play, keep playing the same as they're doing, and keep getting better. It's the same. If you go back and look at the last two years, it's the same story the last two years. The Pirates, the offense has really come on late in the season. And yeah. That's what's going to happen uh, for the last three games of this year and then into the bowl game. What what bowl game? The uh, uh, is it? Where is it? Sugar Bowl. Which one? Sugar Bowl. Sugar Bowl. Sugar Bowl. Okay. Yeah. Lots got to happen, but I'm not going to rule it out yet. Bowl might be the powdered sugar bowl, but it's a sugar. <laughs> Hell, we were going over scenarios the other day. Somebody brought it up on Facebook Live that if uh, Houston loses to so and so, and then SMU and ECU win, like East Carolina can somehow still make the. Uh, there'll be a tie for second in the AAC, and they'll have to use tiebreakers for the championship. So we're still thinking about playing in that game right in cincinnati well we can't sure i think it'd be awesome i think <laughs> you know the pirates can you know they they're playing well and yeah obviously tomorrow and you you hear the guys talk about going one and oh and that's what they have to do tomorrow you can't let you know the the what ifs of the world because realistically east carolina if when when they become bowl eligible has no control over what bowl game they go to yeah they've got absolutely no control it's whatever the powers that be that run these things and how they filter out and you know, where they want to go and the tie-ins that they have. And you know what? Let's be real. If East Carolina goes to a bowl and it's the uh, Moorhead City Marlin Bowl, we'll be excited to go to Moorhead City. So, sure, there you go. Let's do it. Uh, Morgan Ayler's joining us. Morgan, I regret to inform you that I did not watch Yellowstone. 
And now I'm a little concerned because I don't know how I can watch Yellowstone. Well, I'm sure there probably there was two episodes the other night. Right. So if you maybe I can go to. Well, you, you turn it on six o'clock on Sunday. Put the football down. Oh, they'll do. They'll air the. Uh, I'm sure they'll air the live the first two episodes at six and seven, and then the new one comes on at eight. It's a weird deal streaming wise. I'm doing a lot of streaming these days, and Peacock has the the first three seasons, seasons. but they don't have the the new season so i don't know i'll i'll, I'll figure it out I, i'm too sports oriented at this time of the year but well, did you uh well brian bailey said it was good there were some things that he thought were odd but uh what was your overall rating of episodes one and two or the two hour episode I, nine, I give them both nine okay all right i like it i liked it. and i was talking with another friend of mine who watched it and I can't. I'm not gonna. You haven't watched it. I'm not gonna say anything. So. I do have a question. No spoiler for character, but was there a big character death? Can Can you answer that without saying who it was? Yes. Oh, okay. I'm intrigued now. I need to go figure out how to watch this. Okay. All right, Morgan. Uh, thanks for joining us, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. You guys have a great one, and uh, as always, you guys are killing in the pre and post game tomorrow. And- look forward to it yes sir we'll be up uh 8 a.m bright and early on the bud light pregame tailgate thank you morgan uh we will uh talk to you next week morgan Ayler's there yeah we'll be with you 8 a.m and uh enjoying some awesome breakfast from cd's grill i keep bringing that up because that's kind of what i'm most excited about getting up for tomorrow (laughs) yeah you're you're not a fan of get now you're a fan of eight o'clock games when it comes to getting home getting home at a decent hour yes you're not a fan of having to get up this early in the morning i gotta be honest um and i love talking football Mm -hmm. i really enjoy when there's other games on we got the scoreboard going shirley's keeping us updated it's a lot of fun but like 8 a.m in the morning talking football no live guest nobody really wants to join me that hour even on the phone yeah so that first hour really drags on yeah, so having a little CD's grill just kind of yeah. gives you a little bit of fuel f- for what you need exactly. to get through that first hour. Once I get to about 9, 9.30, I'm, I'm good to go then. Oh, yeah, We're, you're on cruise control at that point. <laughs> All right, let's... Uh, oh, I was going to say, are you going to take a break? I don't or? know. What do you want to do? I, think, I don't know. I think we should open up the booty bag. Really? This early? I think it's 5.21. All right. Yeah. All right. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. All right, here is the deal. 317-1250 is the number you need to know. Shirley will tell you what caller you need to be right now. 12. And if you are caller 12, you will win a limited edition 12-pack Bush Light Apple, a Carolina Eagle shirt and koozies, and a large two-topping pizza from Domino's. Free Beer Friday brought to you by Bud Light. Every day is game day. Uh, with an ice cold Bud Light, or how about an ice cold Bush Light Apple? Uh, proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989, and the official beer of the ECU Pirates is Bud Light. We will make you a winner on a free beer Friday and talk to Brian North when we return. Get you ready for the football weekend. Back with you after this.
three of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Tiebreakers is open every day at 11 a.m. and is the best place to watch your favorite sports while enjoying the best wings in town along with sandwiches, appetizers, cold beer, and more. Follow Tiebreakers on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. And congratulations to probably the luckiest guy on the planet, but Steve Hill. Oh, my God. Has won yet another free beef. Uh, free, oh, free, free beef. beef. Free beef. Um, I thought said free, free beef. I, well, I was trying to say free beer, and it just came out free Steve, beef. Steve, we're just going to send you seven pounds of random beef, and you can yes. do whatever you want to with it. Yes, it's and beer free beef well. Friday. Yeah. But anyway, he is our big winner for free beer Friday. Well, Steve is like, um, I know Troy talks about this a lot, and, and even and my wife does the same. When the lottery hits a certain number, as if like winning the lowest amount of the lottery wouldn't be awesome. But like sometimes it has to hit a certain number for people to get interested and start playing. Oh, yeah. Steve is like that with the booty bag. He doesn't call on Monday nope. or Tuesday. Not Wednesday, never on Thursday. He only calls on Friday for the big prize, the free beer Friday. Mm -hmm. So that is why you won't hear his name throughout the week during the month. You only hear it on Fridays. And somehow he caught his shot last week, didn't win. But the second Friday of the month, he's a winner. And this was one of those days, Shirley, where the phone lines lit up. Oh, yeah. They even had people, the phone lines lit up after it. Yeah. But somehow Steve gets it. He's got a stash now. And I'm not talking about a Tom Selleck stash. No. <laughs> Free beef for Steve. Free beef. Uh, let's bring on Brian North. Brian, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> I feel like I'm like the uh, consolation prize for all of this now. You, know, you can't have a winner, so let's bring in Brian. Yeah, uh, Brian North, he brings the beef. We know where the beef is when North is around. Uh, I don't know what that means. Uh, my heart is. What's going on here? My heart is full, and uh, different things can do that at this stage in my life. When Lily is kind of like struggling or struggles with a quiz, and then studies hard and makes a hundred on the test, and she's like super happy. It makes me proud and warms my heart. And then uh, things like this can warm my heart. A picture of Gabriel Miculus in Minji's Coliseum from today warms my heart. I just saw that tweeted out by uh, our buddies at the Sports Objective. Uh, Gabe Miculus made his way from Argentina to East Carolina, is in town for the game tonight, and they have a picture of him with Joe Dooley, and he's on center court with his daughter. And uh, Northeast Carolina, I've said this too many times, that it never feels like a program when it comes to basketball. It feels like different teams every year, but to see – a guy from that far back returning and coming to the game uh, makes me feel good inside. I was a big, yeah. big Gabe Miculous, Errol Bing era fan of ECU basketball. Yeah, Gabe used to bring it. Uh, always good for a double double, and always had those crafty European moves. Uh, on the inside, he was back when guys were staying four years, and I think that's that's always been. We talk about this ad nauseum. It's just to have a program, you have to have guys who are part of the program for longer than one or two years. And with college basketball being the way it is right now, look, ECU's not the only program going through that, but they uh, just have been, been unable to establish any of those traditions or any of those new ways to get it done. And and you know, it, look, it's a long season. How you start is not how you finish a lot of times, and. 
And I know with the, the close game to South Carolina State, everybody's like, oh, boy, here we go again. But let's, you know, we'll see how this team comes together a little bit. But this is the era we're in right now is it's going to be these, these changing teams all the time. And it's just tough to get to know these guys and, um, and watch them develop because uh, they're only here a year uh, on average now. So we'll see. I mean, I, I'm still not into the basketball thing yet. Talk to me around. Yeah. I, maybe y'all have, have an idea. I know. I was going to bring that up with you next. I know North's not in basketball mode yet. Too much uh, football, other stuff going on. But And, and for some teams, like, I, I mean, ECU needs to beat Canisius tonight. I guess it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things, but it matters to get off to a good start. But like these marquee games, Villanova and UCLA, four versus two tonight. Now we probably won't remember who wins this game by, you know, when March rolls around, but it is a, a marquee game. Tomorrow night, Gonzaga and Texas play. It's a great game, but doesn't really matter. So I'm into it as far as keeping up with, I'll flip over there, but as far as like putting importance on it, we're definitely not there when it comes to college basketball. So, with that said, like, did you watch Duke the other night, Brian? Are you keeping up with North Carolina, NC State, anything at this point in the year? Yeah. So, as always, we always kind of focus on our, our local angle. And so, I wanted to see if Dontre Styles played for North Carolina the other night. Did played very little as he's trying to work into their their rotation. Uh, curious about Hubert Davis, you know, and how he's going to handle things. Curious about Coach K and you know his last hurrah and how yeah. that's going. And, John Shire's recruiting class. So I've been keeping check on the fringe stuff. NC State with um, Turquavius. Uh, oh, yeah, Baby T. Uh, yeah, Baby T from Farmville Central and his great debut. And, and then they lost one of their stud players today, which will mean even more playing time for him coming up. So I, I'm keeping an eye on some of that stuff. Uh, not the national teams per se just yet. And, and, and with the again, the way college basketball set up the landscape, I couldn't even tell you. Who's supposed to be good and who's not this year? Because it changes so much now, year to year. Yep. Even these one and done guys, it's hard. You know, it's hard to know he who's even being successful at that or not. Yeah, and it's it's like okay, Gonzaga's going to be good because they still have good players coming back and they got the top freshmen. But we know they'll be good. We know the blue bloods. But then on the flip side. Penny Hardaway has never got to the tournament with his Memphis Tigers as a coach. And they are looked at to be – and they're ranked number 12 and really, I guess, could be ranked higher because they brought in two of the top, like, five recruits this year. So it's all to be determined with teams like that. You you just don't know how they're going to gel or how they're going to be at the end of this thing. So it's going to be – we talked to Cy Seymour the other day. uh, How and Brian, I bet if you go back to – a 1987 like you could tell me the roster of like 40 college basketball teams <laughs> you know what i'm saying and uh and now you know it'd be impossible for us to go through one roster uh so you don't know but Cy predicts that this is going to be another year where we have like eight or nine number one teams during the year you know probably yeah of course because of the instability and the not knowing and knowing how guys are going to gel together Look, when I was growing up, it was almost scandalous that Michael Jordan left North Carolina <laughs> a year early, right? You say that, Brian. So my, you know, my dad was a, a North Carolina fan, and I remember growing up, and uh, I just I remember Clifford Rozier transferred from North Carolina to Louisville. I want to say, mm-hmm. and you want to talk about like scandalous, like a transfer? What is? Oh boy, what is going on with Dean okay. Smith? They had a transfer in the program. Like it was like a big deal to have a transfer. We have come a long ways from those days, bro. Now we ask guys, what's wrong with you? Why? Why are you? Why are you staying here? in that situation? Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> it's it, but it, it 
And look, we'll always harken back. When we grow up, we, we have an affinity of, of what we grew up with. Sure. And so I, I don't know how anybody can have an affinity for what's happening now with, with everybody being so transient. But, you know, as fans, they like the, the name on the front of the jersey, and, and whoever fills it, uh, they just go with it a lot of times. So um, I get it. Uh, it's just it, it's harder to follow along because if you're like me now, a parent who doesn't get to watch as much, you kind of want to just tune in for that familiarity, you know? Like, yeah. Uh, it's almost like Cam Newton never left. Oh, yeah. That was, that's a great segue there, Brian. Like, Panthers fans are now, at least uh, while they watch their crappy football team, will be like, hey, I remember that number one guy at quarterback. <laughs> so this is either going to be like uh, Liz Taylor getting married to the same guy for the third time, or this is going to be a, just a huge train wreck uh, that's going to happen here, and it's going to be an even worse break up here at the end. But either way, it's great theater that the Panthers are producing right now, and I don't know what the outcome is going to be. But I don't know if I've ever seen a team where a coaching staff jettisoned one guy, but then brings him back later. Like After replacing him with four different guys, just about. Yeah, and it feels like it's been five years, but it's only been a season and a half. So <laughs> it's, it's been nuts of, of this whole process. And now, you know, uh, Cam was front and center of the media today doing the Cam thing. And, and I'm curious, did they even suit him up Sunday and put him in on some goal line packages or how quickly you – know, how quickly this thing's going to go? Because quarterbacks aren't like you just you get traded in baseball and you just pitch, right? Yeah. I mean, this is you can learn verbiage and plays, and right. even though this is the coaching staff that ousted him, he has never really gotten the playbook with these guys. So it's just fascinating theater that's going on right now, and we'll see if it's a a big train wreck or if it's the most brilliant thing we've ever seen. Ever seen. All right, I don't want to overlook the Liz Taylor. Uh marriage reference there brian i don't know if i quite understand that all i kind of remember but that was for uh for you folks who are in the older crowd that, that's good brian i like that also uh yeah who had, who had been married multiple times to the same person before and Liz taylor is the only one i can remember off the top of my head but that just shows you my dimensions to kick it in <laughs> that's that's a great recall there uh ryan meadows he uh he, he was in here the other day they got a, a hitting clinic coming up with some uh some great names in the uh, world of baseball here in Eastern North Carolina coming up this weekend. But he said something the other day about uh, how he likes to ask his kids, if you're down, you know, 7 nothing, 13 to nothing in Madden, what do you do? Do you uh, do you hit the reset button or do you play it out and try to come back? And, you know, his point being, he wants guys that are going to stick through it, you know, go through adversity, fight back, all that. Uh, the Panthers did the video game reset button on this whole thing. And uh, it is crazy the the money they've spent. The and I don't think it's been a ton of draft capital, but they have given up picks just to turn around and and have the same guy back. It's it's quite comical. Yeah, well, and I I keep bringing up the dating reference. It's it's kind of like okay, you broke up with somebody because you don't think it it's working. You think there's something better out there. <laughs> then you go out hit the market and realize uh, yeah, you're not getting uh, many looks from yeah from good uh, talent out there. Right. Right, and all of a sudden, you know, uh, the the memories of why you broke up fade real quick, and you start remembering the good times. Like, oh yeah, so you go on back. So it's you know, uh, it might be Sam Darnold might be on Tinder here pretty quick looking for a new team. Hey, there's an up to date reference. Brian's got them all. That's good stuff there, Brian. <laughs> so it's it's uh, but look, they didn't waste a lot of 
um, what they a six round draft pick on Sam Darnold, so they didn't invest a whole lot right. in him. Yeah. Um, with, with Cam, it's money, but it's only for you know this season, and then they can reevaluate. So they haven't mortgaged the future on these moves. At least they they've been safe with that. They can still draft a quarterback in the future in this next draft. So they've actually played it pretty smart uh, with with how they've dealt with their future draft picks and their future salary cap. Uh, North, uh, our Wake Forest Demon Deacons are no longer undefeated, but they are undefeated in conference play because college football and sports as a whole makes no sense at all. And Wake Forest and North Carolina played a non-conference game last week. Correct. Oh, boy. Uh, Huge one this week uh, against NC State. So we knew the the schedule uh, gets stiffer for the Demon Deacons, but I'm into this. This is uh, Saturday night. In Winston-Salem, winner is in the driver's seat to go to the ACC championship to maybe face yep. Pittsburgh of all teams. Uh, but yep. uh, this is a big game. I mean, you think about Wake Forest regular season games. This one's got to rank up there as far and I guess with the, with last week uh, as uh, top five, top ten, and, and at least the modern era. How do I feel like that this can all still get screwed up and Clemson can somehow get in? <laughs> <laughs> there. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you know. With, so just keep an eye on that as, as all these teams are going to beat up on each other these last couple of weeks. And, and Dabo is going to be there at the end. Yep. Yeah. So it'll be like, well, here we are, back in Charlotte again. Hey, everybody. <laughs> and uh, then they'll beat Pittsburgh, and then, you know, all chaos will, will reign loose. But, um, no, look, Wake Forest controls its own destiny. Obviously, the national championship playoff stuff probably is out the picture now. Yeah. Lost, that non-conference loss to a conference team. Uh, but now it's, they take care of These next two weeks are huge for them, right? You take care of business against the two contenders for your division title in NC State and Clemson, you win it. So, uh, And you're back in the championship game for the first time since the Jim Grobe era uh, when they were not offensively inclined. So it's everything still there in front of them for Dave Clawson except for the, uh, the playoff picture. But I don't think anybody thought they were going to get in anyways because they weren't getting any national respect with that in that regard. So um, now they just focus on, on the ACC and – and um, it'll be interesting. It's you know, defensively they're really struggling right now, and so I see another high school game with NC State this Saturday. It's going to be who blinks first. Brian, uh, I miss a lot of calls here, uh, trying to predict things, and I had already put one in the loss column for me uh, when I said that Mac Brown returning to North Carolina was not going to work. Uh, too old, out of touch, hadn't been you know in college football in a while. Not going to work. Quickly, I thought, well, I was wrong on that. He's bringing in these top whatever recruiting classes, their top 10 preseason. Uh, Another loss for me. Well, not so fast, my friend, because it's not working because they they stink. They lost last night. And as I look at him standing in the pouring rain in some kind of camo North Carolina jacket, (laughs) he looks miserable. Like, How long uh, is Mac Brown 2.0 going to go in Chapel Hill, Brian? Well, I, I think when he came back, we only thought maybe three years, four right. years with his age, and he's going to try and set up one of his assistants to take over. He was just trying to reestablish the program. Which, yeah. Look, he's done it yeah, in yeah. classic Mac Brown vintage style, right? ton of talent, but then just sometimes poor game management or unable to win the big games. And this year they've taken a step back, too, with just ton of talent out there. They just There's something just not meshing with that talent. It's just like a lack of leadership that's out there that's not getting them to be cohesive and you know a few play calls and then – I think Sam Howell with that horrible offensive line. I think he's been stacked the most of anybody in the ACC this year. I will say this too, Brian. They run him a lot. Like He takes yeah. a beating out there on Saturdays. I think he's starting to see ghosts out there. I think he's <laughs> going through yeah. his read because, because he knows he's going to get killed. And so I think yeah. one read, maybe two, and tuck and run because he's had success doing that. And so 
But it is taking its toll on his body, I think, throughout the season. He took some shots in Pittsburgh last night. Yeah, uh, Brian, I wish that, maybe this number's out there There with all the, the stat geeks. and I'm one of those geeks, but I wish somebody would put together like the ratio of draft picks in the nfl to like winning percentage in college and like north carolina has to be at or near the top of that list over these last 30 years right yeah oh yeah no the the number of people they've put in the pros is is phenomenal and you're talking not only when mac was there for the first time but butch davis oh yeah i think his whole entire defense everybody got a shot in the nfl the starting defense for a while and a ton of guys on offense yeah. and then even john bunting john bunting recruited a lot of those guys bunting was a good recruiter and, and so it has never been a problem of getting talent to jap oil it's just a matter of finding that winning formula there and it's just been elusive they've had some really good teams that have contended for acc titles but fallen short they just haven't been able to get over the top but you know you look at the overall winning percentage of, of unc in the last 30 years is pretty good they've only had a few bad years in there but the the talent they've put in the nfl is, is pretty amazing sometimes so uh, and that'll continue uh, this is a talented team there's a lot of nfl guys playing there it's just something missing with whether it's the x's and the o's late or whether it's something about leadership and cohesion there's something that's just been kind of missing for them. brian uh, a couple more minutes i'll let you run it, this is uh the first time we've been this late in the season where an ECU game has mattered in a long time, and and people don't know how to act. And luckily, we have uh, Troy D here at Pirate Radio to uh, to kind of you know set the tone for the Pirate Nation. Shirley, uh, I want to play this for North. Uh, it's it's a little over a minute, Brian, but this is Troy telling Pirate Nation to calm down, relax. Let's uh, one week at a time. Uh, that was Troy on Monday. On Wednesday, he was talking about how huge this is for East Carolina. So these are clips from two different days, two days apart, Monday and Wednesday, Troy arguing with Troy. Let's hear that real quick, Troy. But I'll say this, man, uh, kind of like I, I said, I've said this earlier in the year. You know, I, I, Sunday I had friends calling me and contacting me. You know, which bowl do you think we're going to? Which, uh, you know, let's make our plans now. This I'm like, first of all, here's my thing. Calm down, everybody. Take a deep breath. Geez, after a seven-year drought, that's something to be proud of around here. It is. I would think you'd want to embrace it and talk about it, right? There's a lot of football yet to be played. Let's let's take it one game at a time and evaluate it at the end of the season. It is a big deal because it hasn't happened in so long here that it would be, and we're on the verge of it happening. It wasn't like this is the first press conference of the year. We're now we're at the week where this could happen this mm-hmm. week. It could happen Saturday. Now, I was, look, I, I want us to be at a bowl, but I think, we, you know, let's just slow down, calm down, and let's just get one more win, first of all. Everybody within this fan base and everybody that's a Pirate supporter want so hungry for success and that, wanting to at least get bowl eligible this year. I want to be even keel. Yes. I would think you'd want to embrace it and talk about it, right? Calm down. This could happen this mm-hmm. week. But I got to tap the brakes a little bit. Come and you know me, usually I'm the one that's going nuts. Take a deep breath. I feel I've been consistent this year. <laughs> My favorite part's the end. He's uh, consistent <laughs> Troy D. I don't know if you agree with Troy or Troy, Brian, but either way, East Carolina one win away from uh, going to a bowl. He's like that Batman Two-Face guy. I mean, arguing with his <laughs> Hey, we don't know how to act, Brian. We hadn't been in this situation in a while, you know? <laughs> How Troy has not gotten to politics a lot sooner with the flip-flopping he does. 
is amazing. <laughs> so, uh, look, it, and, and, and both, he's, he's both right. He, he, you know, yeah, I know. I, that's the thing, too, right? Like, I get both sides of it. Okay. <laughs> so, what happens if ECU goes 0 and 3 down the stretch here and doesn't make a bowl game? Oh, God. Here and go. I, but I think we all sit here and go, well, they're trending in the right direction. I mean, mm. the eyeball test tells you they're better. And, um, yeah. You know, they're there, but they just missed out. Just, okay, next year's going to be better. But at the same time, now that you're this close, you want it. Yeah. There, there would be a bad taste, but when you took the overall picture, what is a bowl game going to do for this team at this point? Because they're trending in the right direction. They get some two weeks of extra practice and notoriety. But will the program look a lot different next year if they don't go to a bowl game this year? So, you know, I think when you just look at the overall trend, you like where it's going. A bowl game would be a great bonus. I think it would be disappointing at this point if they didn't get there, but I don't think it would mean the program's going to go back to 1-10 next year by any means. I mean, I think they're going that direction. So, look, you want, it, you want that reward, but I don't know if not going. Like in 2015, they didn't get to the bowl game. What happened? You know, they go 5-7. and seven. They were offered a bowl game. Yeah. Ruffin and McNeil just let go unceremoniously. They were trending in the wrong direction. This team is trending in a positive direction whether they go to a bowl game or not this year. Well, I hear you, Brian, and, and you have a lot of chatter going on with you with all the girls in the house, but as the host of the fifth quarter caller, we have to get to six wins. <laughs> all that stuff you said sounds nice, but I can't take it if they don't close this oh. thing out with a win. Look, it's a beauty contest at this point. I agree. But you've got two road games, right? Yeah. Against uh, uh, really, it comes You're, to Memphis. I think you've got to win Memphis because you don't want to go to Navy where you've had a bad history and not win that. Yeah. Game. And then you got Cincinnati at home. So yeah. It really comes down to if you're going to get that six win, you better get it this week. Tomorrow's huge. Cherry on top. Absolutely, Brian. Uh, you going to be up tomorrow morning? Can we lob you a phone call sometime? Oh yeah, I'll be middle of my day at that point. <laughs> Hell yeah, you might be knocking out. I'll uh, be welcoming the uh, respite of. Uh, Excuse me, honey. Yeah, we gotta go outside for a minute. <laughs> we'll uh, try you in the eleven o'clock hour, if that's all right with you. Yeah, that'd be perfect. Uh, what games? Uh, what are the big ones tonight, Brian? You'll be keeping an eye on high school football round two of the playoffs on the Blitz. Yeah. We're really excited about two traditional powers meeting for the first time in Wallace Rose Hill at West Craven. That's hmm. that's classic offense versus defense. We're super pumped about that one. We think that Terry Sanford J.H. Rose game is going to be a good one. Fayetteville hard nosed football against that. Rose, get out and run after you. Uh, get on the outside. We think that's going to be a good game. John Paul trying to win the eight-man state championship. Yeah. Three years into starting football is a big one we're keeping an eye on. Newburn will have its hands full with Rollsville. That's a team that averages 44.5 points against that Bears defense. It gave up 49 last week, which was an anomaly, so we'll see if that continues. Kinston at Princeton, uh, not only does it rhyme, <laughs> it's uh, two high-scoring teams. It could be fun. Clinton at East Duplin's traditional rivalry. West Carteret playing its second playoff, uh, second round playoff game at home for the first time in their history, which seems crazy. And the team they're playing is Scotland, whose head coach used to go to East Carteret, and the last time he played it, uh, on the West Carteret field was 1985, and they won the mullet bucket. Wow. There's a lot, of, a lot of cool things going on here tonight. Love that. Love the background stories. Great stuff, North. Enjoyed the chat today, man. Uh, have a great weekend. We'll check in with you uh, for a few minutes, get some final thoughts on ECU Memphis tomorrow during the Bud Light pregame tailgate. All right, sounds good, Clipper. Thank you, bud. There's Brian North joining us on the Fixed NC Live line. Let's uh, take our final break. We'll come back and uh, take a look at the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Da Buck. Got Pirate Hoops tonight. Let you know what else is going on on this busy Friday evening of sports. Kimball Walker back in Charlotte tonight as well. We'll uh, get you set for your sports Friday night and weekend after this. 
listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Taking a quick look at your stock market report. It was a good day to close out the week. The Dow was up 179 points at 36,100. NASDAQ was ahead 156 at 15,860 and the S&P was up 33 at 4,682. That's your Wells Fargo Advisors Financial Report. For a personal look into investing, call Wells Fargo Advisors today at 756-6900 in Greenville. Wells Fargo Advisors, LLC, member SIPC. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff Brown. All right. Uh, congrats to Sam Naren, a legendary last uh, yes. name around these parts. and uh, Part of the legendary Naren name. He has been promoted to a position with the Nationals now. He's the pitching coordinator. For the Washington Nationals, we've had Sam on the show and we'll probably talk to him in the coming months because Ryan Meadows and company will uh, have a down east um, pitching clinic coming up, down east baseball pitching clinic. And uh, Ryan has the hitting clinic this week with uh, some great names helping out. And Sam Nairn has been a part of that in the past. So if he's available, he may be again and uh, we'll get him on the show and uh, talk about his new role with the Washington Nationals. Uh, Coming up tonight on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard, the Pirates and Canisius will go at it. Oh, dear. That line is down to four and a half. So that's uh, a lot lower than I was expecting. East Carolina home favorite tonight, but not by much. That one's going on at 7 o'clock. Kimball Walker returns to Charlotte tonight. The New York Knicks uh, will be... At the Spectrum Center, taking on the Hornets. Uh, Nick's a narrow favorite in that one. That's coming up at 7 o'clock. The Hurricanes are in action tonight. Is that my phone or your no, phone? No, that okay. was my phone, stupid thing. <laughs> I was trying to do something else. <laughs> in my, Hurricanes uh, playing tonight at home against the Philadelphia Flyers. That game coming up at 7 o'clock. Top 25 basketball. Uh, Jaden Gardner's Virginia Cavaliers trying to make up for what happened the other night. Uh, when they lost the Navy, they take on Radford at 7 o'clock. Duke plays Army at 7 o'clock tonight. Ohio State at home against Niagara at 7. Uh, Kentucky hosting Robert Morris at 7 o'clock. There's a couple of good games tonight, SMU and Oregon, and they're both late night, so I'll probably miss them tonight. SMU, Oregon, that's at 11 o'clock. At 11.30, you have number four versus number two, Villanova and UCLA. So that's going on tonight. Oh, that's at UCLA. That's why it's so late. West Coaster, yep. And uh, college football tonight, Cincinnati trying to stay perfect. They're big favorites on the road at South Florida, Wyoming, is at Boise State. My, uh, by the way, Cincinnati, South Florida kick off in three minutes. That's a yeah, six o'clock a start fact, time. I just saw something. Let me see if I can find it here. That so, one of Cincinnati's starters is out for the game. Hmm. Uh, let me see if I can find it here. I think it was the... Oh, okay. Correction. Correction. Um, Jerome Ford, which is their running back, he is dressed tonight, and he's a game-time decision in terms of he had an ankle injury. 
and uh, he was questionable for this game. So, but it looks like it's going to be a game time decision. And they need to make that in a hurry because it's about to kick off. Yeah. Weird, uh, six o'clock start time on a Friday. That is weird for Cincinnati and South Florida. Uh, Shirley Rhodes will be with uh, you early morning on yeah, Saturday. I will be here. Um, I guess the streak starts over. Yeah, which sucks. I guess I got you beat now. Yeah. Well, so yeah, technically not, everybody does yeah technically everybody has me beat unfortunately no not chandler well yeah 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 uh, he's got more crap. than you yes chandler's even beating me <laughs> well s hines is uh beating you i, I was i was hoping that, that by calling in to the post game show i could uh hang on to my streak but that's just not how that works uh, unfortunately will you be playing any classical music tomorrow morning uh that would be a big fat negative <laughs> <laughs> i had no idea that this was going on until you brought that up that and then was i was hilarious. like as soon as i heard the music i immediately knew what the music was yeah it was a segment we did last year called uh, Masterclass theater during the uh covid year just trying to figure it out i don't know oh well we started it with um that random fcs game because was we were it learning austin about austin p, p and, and steve no it wasn't steven central austin. arkansas or something yeah yeah know. yeah yeah it was some random game but anyway it stuck with us throughout the season where yeah. you would just give facts about the opposing team right and then wes used it as like pump up bumper music and just didn't work out too it well. just went sideways from there but we appreciate him filling in last week i do and i thank him for filling in for me when i was being held out for concussion protocol because like i <laughs> said i was i was i was looking for my helmet doggone it and yeah. i was going back into the game yep, they and took it. they took my helmet they hit it all right well surely we'll be here tomorrow as will i chan man and the game day crew and you'll be here with us too and we're looking forward to a fun day of pirate football starting at 8 a.m saturday morning on the bud light pregame tailgate we'll talk to you monday at three for an all-new edition of pirate radio live so long everybody thanks for listening to pirate radio live an exclusive presentation of the voice of the pirate nation